0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of How Did This Get Booked? I, of course, am your host, Jake Manning. I, of course, am a person that's been in the professional wrestling business for almost 13 years now. and I've done just about every job except sell popcorn. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Zane Riley, who I believe has sold popcorn a couple of times. Tons of times.
1: During the show. During the... That I wrestled. That yeah. While wrestling. In the match.
0: <laughs> but he's also my friend, my compadre, and other professional wrestling friend. Now, of course, we are joined by a non-wrestling fan, in a comedian, a comedian. If you see him, make sure you do not sit in the front row. You might get hurt, especially by flying <laughs> chairs. The the funny, the dangerous Seth Fox. Seth, thank you very much for joining us today.
2: Hey, thank you for having me.
0: Um, Seth, as we always start every how did this get booked with our non wrestling fan, we ask them about their professional wrestling background. What is your exposure to professional wrestling? What do you know about it? What do you understand about it? What are some memories that you have of it, if any?
2: Well, I mean, I have sold popcorn before. Okay. So, Hell <laughs> uh, of a worker. <laughs> yeah. a worker. But no, I, uh, I've i never really watched a lot of professional wrestling on television or whatever. Um, I, I don't think I've seen a live match in person, but I did used to, uh, back when I was in high school, I took Taekwondo for like six years. Okay. So I have a little bit of a... Um, a fighting background yeah fighting background I guess yeah. uh, I never really competed or anything it was mostly just because I was mad and wanted to punch something so.
0: okay But uh, nice to know that yeah. you used you used an outlet to get yeah. that anger out
1: <laughs> and continue to do it with comedy <laughs> yeah from how it's said random
0: stools that just happened to be on the stage <laughs> yeah, that yeah, didn't yeah. do anything to you <laughs> But anyways, um,
1: that stool wouldn't have dressed that way if it didn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> those little rubber things on the bottom—you yeah. just can't help. Yourself.
0: Hey, l- listen, don't give away his pits. Okay? <laughs> I
1: didn't know that was a trigger until <laughs> now.
0: Damn <laughs> stool! <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, and of course, the show that I made you watch, Seth, and uh, you know, I appreciate like appreciate us still being friends after it <laughs> is a uh, Carolina Championship Wrestling tribute to. The Cade, or Tribute to Starcade, as it's called on the video, I'll explain that here in a few seconds as I give the particular details of the show like I always do. This show took place on November 19th, 2005 at the Spartanburg Auditorium in Spartanburg, South Carolina. The attendance was roughly about 1,500 people. Now, um... Oh, go ahead, Seth. Uh,
2: I'm just saying, that's a lot of people.
0: Yeah, it was, it was it was pretty full. That's that's for sure. But tribute to uh, the Cade is what we changed it to <laughs> the, in the DVD. The
1: Cade. Which
0: I, I must say, I'll let you a little bit know, Hit why I know the show quite as well as I do is I moved here in May of 2005 to work for Highspots.com, which was the company that filmed this show. Was a vendor at the show and worked very closely with the promoter, Tony Hunter, of this show. So I've mm-hmm. got quite a bit of insight that I've been waiting and dying to put out into the world, <laughs> w- which will explain exactly why this show is on
1: here. Uh-huh. So Jacob, <laughs> you know a guy?
0: I know a guy, and I happen <laughs> to be that same guy as well. <laughs> but um, it, I remember it was two weeks before the show, there was a concern because, the, you know, WWE. Uh, Dusty Rose was a WWE employee at the time, Jerry Waller was a WWE employee at the time, and of course... Foley, DVD, Hardy. Foley, yes. Hardy, Hardy, I believe, was just released. Oh, okay. So he was not at the time. But the idea was, you know, they're working for WWE, but they could still do independent shows. And this show was getting a lot of attention at the time. CCW was getting a lot of attention in general. Like Ring of Honor was wholesaling CCW DVDs to sell on their site. Like Ring of Honor, like, you know, the edgy... Professional Wrestling Group was selling these at their show. Like, CCW was getting a lot of attention in early 2000s and through 2004. And they were drawing large crowds in Lenore. They were getting about 2,000 people in Lenore, oh, wow. North Carolina. I mean, of all places, Lenore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then they are running places like Gaffney and some other places like that. And they were drawing very large crowds with just like, you know, Mick Foley, Dusty Rhodes, Tully Blanchard, Rock and Roll Express versus Midnight Express. Like, this was in the, the boom... Of the classic wrestling nostalgia kick, mm-hmm. where people looking back in the 80s when WWE started using a lot of footage from the 80s. And of course, Starcade was like the NWA's version of uh, WrestleMania, mm-hmm. which when, I, when me and Seth were talking beforehand, you had no idea what Starcade was.
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what NWA is. NWA actually. was National
0: Wrestling Alliance, which was what WCW was before it was WCW. Oh,
2: see, so yeah, I was thinking of a different NWA. Yes, so a rap group, yeah, rap group. probably consisting of way. doctors and Easy
1: Folk.
0: <laughs> yeah, the NWA board was consisted of you know Ice Cube, Easy E, you know Dr. Dre, and they you know, decided who the NWA champion you know, was. Oh, okay. Seems so, <laughs> white people don't have a hand in it. <laughs> they chose Ric Flair, which is <laughs> <laughs> <was so> weird. <laughs> which was a weird. You I would think like, maybe Tony
1: Atlas in the situation,
0: <laughs> or, but no.
2: Didn't know there was a really big gangster rap, you know, the professional wrestler. got <laughs> so, yeah, to have your hand in many things. What do I know?
0: But but anyways, uh, just a nod to that, but then there was a concern because you had all these WWE employees on the show that, you know, WWE like, said, hey, you probably shouldn't use the word Starcade because we own that now because we bought up the video library and everything consisting of NWA. So that's why it got changed to The Cade, the Cade. which is something that was never, I don't think it was ever called <laughs> as a nickname in this area. No. So, Never. I'm, I'm going to the Cade in Greensboro. I don't think people ever said that. Okay, so,
2: so, Starcade is just the venue, essentially. Uh, it's uh, the or, or event. It's like a, like oh, a like, WrestleMania. Like, a, yeah. like a festival, I guess. Yes. Like, a, like okay. Lollapalooza. Okay. Yeah. You know, there we go. See? Okay. That, exactly.
0: That's a good way to. And that's that's what you're here for, Seth, is those it's outside an the. Yeah. I've got to relate it with you and stuff like that. But I remember moving here in May of 2005 and seeing a poster for this because they were advertising this. Um, this show pretty heavily, and I remember seeing, you know, just Brad Armstrong, Jerry Lawler, Terry Funk, Dusty Rhodes, and Tully Blanchard, I think Rock and Roll, and Midnight were advertising the poster, and I go, I have to be at this show. <laughs> I have to be. In May, I'm like, this, this looks like the biggest show I've ever seen before in my entire life. Yeah. Subsequently, he, Tony Hunter, started booking more and more and more and more people. We had to do seven versions of this poster his new because people, because he kept, kept coming adding on. and booking people over time, uh-huh. so we will see how overly booked this thing is as we go throughout, and we'll probably discuss that definitely towards the end. There's a lot of points I would hit on that, but this thing monstrous as mm-hmm. far as, as far as legend shows go. Uh, when I hear people talk about that they were at a big legend show recently, mm-hmm. and there were only like four big names on the show, I find it laughable mm-hmm. because this was the granddaddy of them all as far as legend shows go.
1: Because of age. Of everyone. On
0: the <laughs> because of because of that. But anyways, uh let's get right into the actual video portion of the show as I've given you enough background information mm-hmm. on it so you kind of get a sense of what's going on. Let's talk about the awful, awful high spots intro that I produced myself. Yay. Uh-
1: <laughs> let's go, Jake. Let's go, Jake.
0: <laughs> Now, admittedly, this was not some of my best work. Uh, Most notably, this presentation brought to HighSpots.com in very blurry text that was left-centered, not centered text. Uh, Yes, I understand how awful this looked, especially the HighSpots logo. Not high-res, but hey, it was, you know, SD video. Little did I know, it didn't look good then either, so... (laughs) Um, yeah, what were your thoughts on seeing that, Zane? Let's, let's talk shit about my. let Did you lie to get this job?
1: Like, <laughs> would you know? <laughs> did, did, were you just happening to sit there and they're they just like, next, and you're like, oh, fuck me, yeah, I'm in. And they're <laughs> like, yeah, go ahead, fuck it, what can you do? It, it, uh, yeah, I know that. What are your that's, how, that's
2: how I get on this show right here. Exactly.
1: So they just <laughs> ran out of people. That's <laughs> what it was. That's how you got the job.
0: Too. It was a bit of a first draft, and I remember Michael going, "Yep, that's good enough." <laughs>
2: <I was> like, <laughs> Did you actually make it on those, uh, those those old machines? The slideshow where you put the paper on top and then you project I, it on top of I, I know, What like,
0: are those called? Uh, oh, uh, overhead projector. Overhead yeah. <laughs> it, it might have turned out a little bit better. if I <laughs> The thing that
2: projects over your
1: head, I don't know what it's called.
0: And then I love how me being the egomaniac that I was in 2005, not the, the bitter gentleman who hates himself in 2006. But you mean a bigger prick? Yeah, bigger prick. I love how even in this intro video, I put a clip of me wrestling Matt Hardy <laughs> in a training seminar. <laughs> you have all these, these, these clips of people doing all this stuff on big shows and large events. And then uh-huh. here's. Here's a random clip of me getting closed on by Matt Hardy in a training seminar just to get myself over.
2: Here's a here's a picture of me, you know, battling a kid in
1: the schoolyard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what you would have done. Yeah. Yeah. A clip of you doing by the way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this
1: the, is me punching a board that didn't break all the way. The
2: Star Wars kid <laughs> in the garage with the fucking coat hanger.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I cringe every time I go through <laughs> old high spots footage every and convert it onto a digital format and i see this and i go what was i thinking and i try my best to re- remove it as much as possible from all <laughs> of our videos uh i've done a little bit of work and i feel like your high intro is a little bit better it's maybe not the best it's not wwe level but i still think it's okay enough. but anyways that was horrible
1: so did michael <laughs> of
0: course <laughs> anyways uh moving right along right at the beginning this thing to hype it up we have Basically, what the television commercial was, which was clips of Tully Blanchard, which I felt was edited pretty well. Yeah. You redeemed yourself. I, I feel like it was edited very well. Now, once again, could have been could have used an overhead projector as graphics. <laughs> yeah.
1: but you probably uh, could have hand-drawn most of this. Yes. For a better outcome.
0: Just but this was character. the television commercial that was used to advertise the event. Okay. Seth, if you saw that, this clip of Tully te- of Blanchard cutting these promos, and you saw this on television, would you go, hey... I want to go to a wrestling show. What were your thoughts when you saw that?
2: I thought, uh, I actually turned off the TV and just went to sleep as soon as I saw that. <laughs> I had to come back to it the next day like, oh, wait, I have to watch this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, I got really panted,
1: <laughs> Dude, I'm out today.
0: Because this, this guy right here seems like he's pretty mad at this guy named Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I can figure that out. I don't have time for a Hatfield and McCoy S <laughs> Battle right now.
0: I thought this was going to be like an adult swim 15 yeah, minute yeah, yeah, episode yeah. of just like Eric Andre running around with his like penis uh, out okay. and that'd be it. I didn't realize this was like a passion play. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, what were your thoughts, in seeing this?
1: I uh, skipped straight to the first match.
0: Okay. All right. Good. Good, call.
1: <laughs> Good call. I could lie and just bullshit my way through this, kind of like how you got the job at Hotspots. But, uh, Ross, go ahead tell you, I skipped straight to the first match.
0: Okay. Uh, Sorry. Now, uh, this, of course, big hype. You know, big show. Uh, we have Bill After trying to get Starkid memories out of people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't feel anyone remembered it.
0: Yes, having uh, fan interviews. One fan said he's there to see some wrestling. Wrestling. Rass- and his definition <laughs> of wrestling point. is just blood. <laughs> <laughs> well, he sees that. Yeah, he gets which, plenty of he
1: it. Tons of he's... it, which is weird because you can't bleed in South Carolina.
0: Yes, that's right. Yes. I saw,
1: so like there's a there's an athletic commission in South Carolina when it comes to the, the real sport of wrestling. Uh-huh. Uh And by real, I mean what we do. Um, there's an athletic commission and if you begin to bleed, you are to take the match home within 20 to 45 seconds, I think. It's yeah. 20 or 45. Like real? you have a matter of seconds to get out of there. Really? It's illegal to bleed.
0: Yeah. And I've also heard like, it's like you have to have, I think in Virginia, it's like you have to do five moves and end the match. Yeah. Which, I don't know why they came up with that number. But, yeah. but the, Why but, did
1: they do that? Or I, I don't... Well, I, it could have been a multitude of, a multitude of things. Uh, so much scar tissue can cause you to bleed very easily oh. out of nothing. Yeah. Uh, but if they did it themselves, they probably just didn't know you couldn't do that. So. Oh. And at well. that point, like at, when the matches actually start to happen, where they do start to bleed, it's the last two. So, like, there's probably... By that time, the commission has probably made all of their money and left
0: well and also too here's here's another reason why i hate the south carolina athletic commission the reason why they, they they're going to let that slide is because it's terry funk and these these are names yeah they don't pick on people that are making thousands or hundreds of dollars booked for the show that were put on the poster mm-hmm. like larger big name guys that have made their money No, no no if that was a guy that was only making 50 bucks like a, a, an indie level guy. If that was
1: a Jake Manning. If there's a Jake Manning
0: <laughs> or a Zane Riley, they'd be down at the ring screaming. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody that's only probably getting, you know, a small amount of money yeah. to wrestle on the show. Uh-huh. And even if it happened on an accident, they're screaming at you. Mm-hmm. But when like someone of a bigger name who's making a lot of money, they'll just let that slide. Oh, I see. Which, which I feel like is a... a you know, like, why are you going to pick on the guy who's barely making anything? Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? But you'll let the, the name slide by. Much like... Well, it, they're they're the drawing guys that, all the money. Yeah. yeah. The much, guys that could
1: legitimately pay for this fine. Much
0: like... for I've seen them do with former WWE wrestlers. Like, they like, oh, you don't have to fill out the, the physical form. Yeah. And I've seen them for... Like, guys that were former WCW wrestlers forge the physical form. Really? Like, be right in front of the commission guy. And even ask him, what do I put down for blood pressure? <laughs> but, but then, someone like me handing in my physical form, you give me a hard time. Yeah. Which is my main disdain for South Carolina. See,
2: I just assumed it was some sort of like Mothers Against Wrestlers Bleeding Censorship Committee, but no. apparently no, there's, it's, one, there's, there's one actually of, a reason for that. There's one of those. Oh, there yes. is. One.
0: <laughs> Maybe not so much that in that state. But, uh.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, wrestlers. wrestlers, wrestlers bleeding. We don't and, do that wrestling shit.
0: Exactly. And I love how, like, who do you want to see? And he. <laughs> Oh, who's your favorite wrestler? And he goes, "Tell me who's on the show, and I'll tell you who my favorite is." <laughs> like, Which
2: one's the big one? Uh, that you, one, yeah. Just
0: playing it politically, you know. He doesn't want to be wrong.
1: <laughs> well, if he was like Tater Kirby, and they were like, "Fuck you."
0: <laughs> and then uh, somebody was like, "Who?" Are you? And then he also has one fan like, "Who do you want to see?" And he said, the, the, the Funker Man. <laughs> but it sounded like Fuck Man. and I think that- fuck, Man, I don't know.
1: You're at the wrong convention, man.
0: And, and I think Bill laughter ran away very quickly because of that, because he thought he said, the Fuck Man. <laughs>
1: Maybe helped
2: will blend in with the the wrestling fans more than I thought it would, actually. <laughs> they know about as much as I do, apparently.
0: But, uh... Anyways, and Bill, after trying desperately to get a Starcade chant, uh-huh. you know, even though you know, copyrighted, can't really say that. Uh, but also, too, a lot of fans want to see Dusty Rhodes. Uh, are you? Were you excited to see Dusty Rhodes? Because you just saw this badass. Promo? He was.
2: He was actually one of the only people whose name I recognized from just prior knowledge. Okay. So that's yeah. So I he knew, was a big
0: enough name, even. Like, yeah, oh, okay, I, that I, I knew. I knew, who, who I knew that who that he is. was. Yeah, okay. I
2: actually saw a comic do a Dusty Rhodes impression <laughs> at the Idiot Box. <laughs> Friday night or Thursday? Friday night. Friday night. Yeah. Okay. So,
1: it's still loud your heart, brother. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so you know, Dusty Rhodes, maybe Mick Foley, because he does does a little bit of comedy. That's kind of your exposure to mm-hmm. wrestling. Pretty much. So that's There's what you, other people talking about it. So if I was Bill, <laughs> if I was Bill after, I'd be like Seth, uh, Seth, why are you here at the tribute to Starcade? You'd, you'd be probably Dusty Rhodes. At yeah, I would say Dusty Rhodes. Sure. Okay. Big baby phase, of course. Um, yeah. I feel like this segment should the be American called American Dream. Yeah, I feel like Bill. This segment should be called Bill After Interviews uh, <laughs> Potential Serial Killers. <laughs> a couple a couple of people here, not to single them out, because I mean the fans and they paid money. Uh, gosh, really, really having a hard time defending professional wrestling fans. Well,
2: I, I was like when I was watching it, watching the the clip walking down there, I, I I saw I noticed somebody missing a tooth, and I was like, all right, well, this could be an obvious joke. Let's see how many people in the in, in the audience are missing teeth, and I counted. I put a tally. I counted eight.
0: Oof. <laughs> eight <laughs> people
1: were granted. Three of those were children. Now,
0: so now is that's, that
1: kind of, that's okay? But. Eight people total, or an average of eight teeth per person <laughs> missing.
0: So when like it's
1: a good question. Huh?
0: They, they when the, when the wrestlers do the stereotypical like, you've only got eight teeth between you. They're like, yeah, you're, no, right. you're right. And and right. You, you nailed right. it. You got, you got it. You nailed it. And yes, and yes,
1: and. We trade him out too. Yeah, for this one this meal is not it. even mine.
0: This one's David's. <laughs> and of course, we run right into an indie worker in line cutting a promo on Jay Eagle. Oh God! <laughs> it was probably his son. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I think he didn't have like a, like a like a like a trade Like, a tra- a
1: tra- <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I was
0: waiting for them and to hook up a the little bag. Absolutely. He was smoking
1: a cigarette through that hole.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, and he, you know, Bill after going around, obviously interviewing fans that are not voting for Hillary Clinton this election <laughs> season. <laughs> but uh, oh, you don't think? I don't yeah, know. You don't think so? I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe Gary Johnson fans in the crowd? I don't know. Maybe one or two. Maybe <laughs> two. But and then of course, runs into McFoley uh, and, and interviews Mick as a fan. You know? Yeah. I mean, classic. Went he yes handed it. It was great. Loved it. Life's a the spot right there. And then, of course, we get into Terry Funk promo. This is your first opportunity to see Terry Funk do what probably he does best. I mean, mm-hmm. no, granted, like as a wrestler, he was he was fantastic. But I right. feel like as an interviewer, he's above and beyond. Oh, the, the
2: first thing he said was basically told the interviewer to shut the fuck up and just <laughs> <laughs> he like, hey, let me talk. I know what I'm talking about. You don't. Mm-hmm. You didn't even shave.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, uh, That was funny like, wrong, because but, the you know, guy
2: was clean shaven. I oh,
0: excuse me. I, 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 Terry Funk is who I meant. The Terry Funk promo, but totally yes, also too. Oh,
2: yeah. we'll yeah. get to then that. Promo get the in a They're either. the
0: same guy. <laughs> same guy. But uh, Terry, Terry Funk promo that, that comes up after all this Bill after stuff. That was this is your first opportunity to see Terry Funk. What are your thoughts on Terry Funk?
2: Sorry, I'm literally getting the names and the faces mixed up. Uh, okay. Who's uh, the?
0: You gotta talk, like this. talk real soft like this. And I got a baseball cap on, and I'm gonna tell you.
1: Oh, that he is. was in like the Jerry. It was him and McFoley and Bro, no Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes match. But
0: there, there's a promo that begins here. Um, he's talking about just beforehand and stuff like that. So any of that rings a bell to you? No, no. Okay, moving right on. Say <laughs> <laughs> no. It's, it's okay. Okay, it's okay. Uh, maybe 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 this, this quote will will uh, bring it up. He he does say it later. But the, he says it like three times. He has three different promos, and he says the same exact thing. Kinda
1: really get my line over, man. Yeah, get my shit in. He's
0: talking about when he's talking about Dusty Rhodes sitting up there in New York City with his nose up Vince McMahon's ass, mm-hmm. and Vince McMahon has his nose up Dusty's ass. You think I don't know <laughs> I don't that, yeah. what the Rock's been cooking? <laughs> like just <laughs>
1: which as a sentence. It's not a sentence. <laughs> it's just not a sentence. And yeah. and
0: biologically, I don't know how that the happens. Like how You never heard of Rock Soup? No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, like how, how can Dusty Rose have his nose up Vince McMahon's ass at the same time having his nose up Dusty Rhodes' You're ass? You're trying to
1: tell me you've never 69 an asshole? Well, let me like a reverse 69. <laughs> yeah, but like they're, they're just doing neck bridges. It's, it's all backfitting. All back <laughs> like, like a human butt centipede type of thing. Yeah, but
2: yeah. only with good. two people.
0: Okay, all right, well, I'll... Wait, wait. maybe
2: it's one nostril... Or one one nostril up, one one.
1: Maybe they take turns. Ass. Maybe it's yeah,
2: like
0: you a <laughs> minute,
1: and then we'll switch up.
0: I feel like Terry should have made that clear that if they're taking yeah, turns. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: like uh, yeah, this is actually just—it's Terry's fault. He did say wild is... though, didn't? Yeah, he said wild. wild oh, okay. So, yeah, so, at the, same time, so at the same time, so it's us.
0: So he believes not only are they have their nose up each other's asses, but they are also very limber in yes, a way that their
1: dexterity makes... is through the roof. <laughs> through the roof.
0: Through the roof. But uh... oh god. And I think where we're going right now, right before match. Okay, before we get into match one, I want Zane for you to digest something. Okay, okay I know a little piece of information. Okay. about the show that I would guess probably ninety nine point nine percent of the people in the crowd don't even know, or anybody that even watches match even know about this show. The first match on the show, they were going to have a pre show match. Oh, because I remember there's something happened. They couldn't start on time, or something was going on. And they were going to throw a match out there just kind of before the main card happened. But I think that got itchinated because there was, I mean, obviously there's 10 matches on the show. Yeah. So why are you going to put another one out there? But the first match on the show was going to be Brad Thomas versus Crazy K Kirby Mack.
1: Fucking great.
0: I want you to, like, that doesn't mean a whole lot to you, Seth, but like. Brad Thomas and, 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 and Kirby Mack, very young guys, and Kirby does a lot of big spots, mm-hmm. a lot of big bumps, that just really kinda of goes out there and he was he was very much did a lot of spots.
1: He he would to a normal like a southern wrestling fan who likes to see old and slow mm-hmm. he would just be bombarding their senses with just oh, okay. stuff, 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 stuff. stuff, really stuff. Yeah like if a comedian just started like babbling like all of his jokes but nonstop to never let you laugh at them. Mm-hmm. Oh, like most yeah. of my sets.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm just gonna get all the words out.
0: Yeah. And they would be, and it'd be like kind of like all of this weird, stuff. like it'd be like Mitch Hedberg just going boom, 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 boom. Just,
1: just rapid fire. Just, just rapid
0: fire. like <laughs> Mitch Hedberg jokes and people just. Like, nah. oh, just I just,
1: <laughs> I just flew into my arms are tied. I had my wife ask for a bite, so I bit her. Yeah, kind of
0: stuff. <laughs> yeah, people they just want they just want to see stuff like I just want to hear you complain about your kids. Right. That's <laughs> I don't. I don't want. To you don't be, don't be so
2: quite quite so abstract yet.
0: Yeah. So like that would have been such a juxtaposition. Yeah. To uh, compared the remainder. To this like uh, Bret Thomas knew knew how to work those people and would know how to do do that, but the fact that they were both kind of baby faces mm-hmm. would have been the. It just I would have loved to see that happen, but if they were dressed ready to go when they were going to put them out there. And I don't know who put the kibosh on that. But, but that's one of the things that a lot of criticism of Carolina Championship Wrestling is they never put enough younger talent out there mm-hmm. because younger talent would have been a little bit cheaper. You had younger guys that would have done more for, for less money because mm-hmm. they're just looking for an opportunity to wrestle in front of 2,000 people and up their stock mm-hmm. and get people to come out for the other shows that were going on where they're featured more. So... You know, that was a big criticism, too, is your undercard. Also, too, that drops the price of your undercard. Yeah. As we're going to see, as I start tallying up some numbers here later on, Whoa. how big this gets. I do have
2: to say, that's one thing that I, that I found interesting. If I noticed it when, when they switched over and had the women's match, mm-hmm. is that they were going a lot faster. But I think maybe that was just an age thing. Because yeah. most of the wrestlers that I'd seen before that were all, you know, older There's a older there, there was a
0: lot of miles put on a lot of these guys and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, Which is nothing wrong
2: with. It was yeah. just... If for someone as ADD as
0: me, yeah, sometimes I want to see it's, your mind's going to wander, way. obviously. So, anyways, match one, Thunderfoot number two versus Tater Kirby. <laughs> <sighs> Thoughts, Seth?
2: So I actually didn't realize you had stopped recording. I thought it the, was one take. So, um, no. all right, names and faces. Which one? Um, uh, Tater Kirby was fat. What do they look like? Okay. Uh
1: fat guy in overalls.
2: Oh, that driver. one, yeah, yeah. The other guy was in all black and uh, mask. a mask. First of all, I just thought it was hilarious if the guy was up there in overalls. Um, <laughs> you know, professional gear.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I was like, well, the one, how is he not sweating? Well, I mean, he obviously is sweating, but that's 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 all I could think about when I'm watching. It was like, how is this guy doing? I can't walk across the park <laughs> in the in the you know, with jeans half the time, especially overalls and the and he's the just style. dying of. Just heat exhaustion. Yeah. Especially
1: the man his size, doing what he's doing.
2: Yeah. You know
1: these. I mean, I, I'm not a
2: big dude, and I sweat like a fat man already, so... Uh, that would drive me crazy.
0: And the mobility. Like, yeah. yeah, and yeah. Like, that's not the most mo- mobile... Yeah, not at where. all. And then, of course, you've got, like, Thunderfoot, who's got a mask over his mouth. Right.
2: <laughs> well, I, mean, I guess you don't really need your mouth in wrestling. to <laughs> <I mean, laughs> breathe. Wow. Uh... Well,
0: uh
1: <laughs> I I liked like the match was what it was like it wasn't it was a great opener I guess for mm-hmm. that because nothing really weird went down but I love that the loaded boot was the idea of the finish but he barely got his knee up to even give it to yes. <laughs> to Kirby in the corner
2: was that the one they were talking about where he like weighed down his. Yeah, there was oh, okay. one
1: boot was bigger than the other kind of thing. He <laughs> was yeah. like, I, my leg, one leg is longer,
0: it's always yeah. been that way. Yeah, which the story behind that is that he's got some sort of lift in the boot, but then there's mm-hmm. that situation like, no, that's a like a steel plate in your boot and you just kick me with it. That's why when they, mm-hmm. they stomp the boot, it drops it down to the front, mm-hmm. so that way when he kicks him, it's like he's kicking him with a metal plate. Okay. So, if. You being someone who's done Taekwondo, would you believe that to be a finish if somebody hit you, you with, hit a... with your steel boot? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so believable. You buy that.
2: I've actually get, been kicked with a steel boot. Oh. I've, got a, I've got a, sometimes you can see a scar on my eyebrows because I was, oh. I was, mm-hmm. I was drunk and out of control. And... You?
1: So like if, <laughs> You got <guys> kicked <laughs> last night with a steel boot? Oh, no, no, it wasn't last night. It was like two years
0: ago. But <laughs> still too kind of so, uh, Still covers
1: I, I think the promo after the match was far better than the match and far more noteworthy. Yes. Uh with such great lines such as I was born a child. <laughs> <laughs> <I miss that. laughs> and uh and then they refer to themselves as the fun- the Thunderfoots. Thunderfoots. I that, that was hilarious. Thunderfeet.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which
1: which leads me to wonder, like, would you call yourself if you were the tag team, would you be the Thunderfeet or the Thunderfoots?
0: Uh, that is, that is Thunderfoots.
1: The I would go with Thunderfoots. I think so too. Just, like it's dumb. Just cause. But yeah, like I like Thunderfoots.
0: Thunderfoots. Okay. Um I should say about Tater Kirby, I believe he works for the Sheriff's Department in real life. And you've actually done a show with him. About Zander to say Alley. yes, he
1: and, did the uh, he does the Gastonia police shows that yes, Milky does.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So he's. He, but that's funny that he does a hillbilly gimmick. Wouldn't he? Shouldn't he just do a big boss man? Gimmick? Yeah. He <laughs> does. Just, be a, cop. just be, be a cop. Are there any professional wrestling cops
1: like characters? Yeah, there's a couple oh, right oh, now. Okay. Uh, Cole Cabana does one. Yeah. Uh, Dick Justice. That's a great uh, name. Yeah, Dick <laughs> Justice. Justice. Uh, Team Tremendous. They're both, they're private dicks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Officer and gentleman consisting of one of the guys from
0: Team Tremendous. Yep. Yeah. Uh, also, too, I should point out, uh, is a High Spots ring, and I love how, even though this is the largest show ever, still broke out a canvas that has duct tape Duct tape.
1: I saw <laughs> that. Like, immediately, I was like, oh, that's this is the High Spots ring. Duh. Of
0: course it is. A little bit of a story about that canvas scene, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Uh, that was a regular... And the thing is, like, High Spots is my company. We make uh-huh. canvases.
1: Okay. You know what I'm saying?
0: So, if we wanted to get a brand new canvas... We could have for the show
1: because there's a million in a room somewhere. in the office.
0: Not at this time so much. Okay. Uh, He but he knew a guy. They could have got it, but no. This was the canvas used in the rental ring, and the reason why it was it was white, which obviously when the light shined down upon it, it created like this blowing out effect in the camera. The reason why it was white, it was actually I believe blue at one point in time or gray. Uh Really, but the reason why it was white is because. Uh, a wrestler was wrestling Ivan Koloff and he got bloody in a match because it was a chain match and bled all over this this canvas and it was uh-huh. new and of course Michael the owner of High Spots likes to pinch a penny was uh-huh. like no 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 save a nickel here and there if yeah. you will he goes no 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 I'm not going to get a new canvas what I'm going to do is I'm going to bleach this <laughs> canvas <laughs> he bleached it in his bathtub wow but the thing is how big is this canvas? Uh, 18 18? by 18
2: How big is his bathtub
0: uh, about the same size as the bathtub tub in my my uh room.
2: Wait, is this eighteen or nineteen feet or foots?
1: <laughs> it depends on how many thunders are around. Yeah, oh, okay. how many thunders are around.
0: But anyways, it also had like a sew-on like canvas or uh, like, apron on the side. Skirts. Skirts. And that got wet and that was dripping onto his floor and stained the floor in his bathroom. <laughs> Made his wife mad, so after he'd been bleaching this, then he put it out in the sun. Well, what that did <laughs> is that broke down the canvas material so much that it was now a thin piece of fabric uh, through there. So, like, it tore really easily. So, like, we did tighten the sides down. So, so he, he made it worse. And once again, still not going to buy a new canvas He's, he just made it last and kept duct-taping and <laughs> duct-taping. Like, this canvas actually lasted another year past this, and it was basically just all duct tape in the middle. By that
2: me. was actually a question I had before we even brought up canvases, was what exactly the floor of the, the ring, I thought was... as a Once again, as a non-fan, I didn't really know what the... I assumed it was just, like, mats or whatever. I didn't realize it was actually, like, a bounceable It's kind of not, really. Yeah. Like, oh, it's not?
1: No, like it's uh it's still beams Mm -hmm. so like you know how like a porch is made right okay so like there's crossing deals and Mm -hmm. so still beams and then you take like two by eights or whatever planks of wood Mm -hmm. and then there's that and then there's like uh the equivalent of like a wrestling mat like a like a collegiate Mm -hmm. wrestling mat about that thick Mm -hmm. and it's you know it's not really I mean there's a bit of cushion but it's not it's not a sofa it's not like a trampoline it's just a hard surface, advantage. okay. So yeah, I mean, it's basically like falling down on a floor with a pillow on it.
2: Okay, because I, I noticed that it looked like
1: some of the people were like bouncing right back up, and well, it because you have yeah. these you have these eighteen foot steel beams, that mm-hmm. just kind of cross every so often. Mm-hmm. So. The I, impact of it is springy but it's still it's still it's hard, wood. But springy. yeah yeah uh, okay
0: well and, and then the thing is that you know everybody's like oh there's a spring underneath no there's not yeah because mm-hmm. that would make it even worse yeah the, the idea there's no yeah, support that's, there's yeah. there's an idea that there's no support but to see the thing is why I always tell people is you have to hit it very hard for uh-huh. it to give yeah because basically you've got crossing steel beams mm-hmm. and wood mm-hmm. so you have to hit it very hard for it to give so the bigger bumps are gonna you know, you're going to get that give, and that's going to save you. But if you're just kind of taking a little light fall down, like you know some of these guys mm-hmm. end up doing, that's going to hurt you more. Right. So, like, it, it, you know, it's it's very much similar to that. That's why I always put okay. it down. So, like, sometimes, like, a backdrop will hurt less than just, like, taking a back elbow. Mm-hmm. But Then I guess uh, the campus
2: goes on top of all that. Exactly. That okay.
0: Moving right along, uh, we move on to a promo backstage with the Beyond the Mat version of George South. Who <laughs> God, he's my, he is my trainer, George South, and mm-hmm. I love him, but he looks awful. Yeah, he does. <laughs> like, he, he looks like how he should look right now. Like, he is just, this is this before we start working out on a regular basis, you know, and just taking care of his body better, uh-huh. and just, like, his raspy voice. Yeah. And also Rocky King, raspy voice as well. So, we've got, like, the <laughs> battle of the raspy voices,
2: so. They could just call that, call it, change the title of the match: "The Battle of the Raspy Voices."
1: Tom Waits would tell Tom Waits. would tell Rocky King <laughs> need to kind of lighten that voice up some.
0: <laughs> well, maybe Tom Waits should have been in George South Corner as opposed to Brick, uh-huh. which I've never seen on a show, uh, and never seen again.
1: I believe he is a guy that runs a company called uh, Baltimore Fight Club. Okay. And uh, he runs in Athens, Georgia. Okay. Uh, but he comes to every once in a while. I wrestled for him a couple of years ago in uh, like some bar.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely unaware of him. Uh, anyways, what were your thoughts on George South, uh, Seth? Thoughts?
2: Yeah, you're going to fucking hit me. <laughs>
0: I'm having trouble keeping
2: track of which which person. White guy
0: versus the black guy. Oh, oh that oh one. God. Okay, there the, we the, go. The first time.
1: There we go, that one. <laughs> Not
0: the second time, the
1: first time. The, the really fit black guy? The oh. the Both of those black guys. Oh, this was the... Uh, no shirt, black guy that that was ripped to shit, like oh was that deck. one, yeah, but the smaller one, not the real big one here later on. That's what I was
2: thinking of. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly, I was just thinking like, wow, the the black guy's the one that's in like this cut up shape, and everybody else is just kind of.
1: I don't know. Everybody else is, do, you you know, know, not, else is not. Everybody yeah. no, not not. Not It's seasoned. <laughs> yes. Uh, my favorite part is that uh, I don't know if it's after or uh, Jimmy Hart. Referred to him as John South, yes. and then later as George Strait.
0: That would be George Bill. Strait. That would be Bill Apter. He <laughs> yeah. was actually a huge country music fan, I so really he, had a, he had a lapse party. in his brain there. But yes, he did. Office. He said
2: that. that. was my favorite part was actually listening to the commentators. Yeah, was, that,
0: just, the commentators
1: <laughs> were the best part of this whole show.
0: Which the commentators were Jimmy Hart, Bill Apter, and yeah, David Crockett, practice. who gave zero fucks yeah. about this entire show until. <laughs> Uh, David Flair started wrestling. Yeah, like like he he adamantly just did not care whatsoever.
2: One line I don't know who said it because I don't. I just heard their names. But one guy was sitting there. He was drinking something, and the, the, the other commentator goes, "He is hey, you look like you're kind of nodding off there. What's what, what you got in that Pepsi?" And he said, "Actually, it's just regular Pepsi. Pepsi Cola. Pepsi Cola. Regular Pepsi Cola. But you know, normally I drink diet." Diet Pepsi, which doesn't have caffeine in it, so maybe it's the caffeine. So I thought, wait a minute, this guy, this is a grown man that has no idea what caffeine is or, or what it does <laughs>
0: to so the, the of Caffeine in a man. <laughs> uh, anyways, moving on to match number three, the second match where a white guy fights a black guy. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts, Seth?
2: Why don't we have two black guys fighting two black guys? I don't know. Because we can't have that. That's racist.
0: <laughs> oh. yeah, this is South Carolina, okay? <laughs>
2: See, that's why I asked well, like, that.
0: Wearing the stars and bars t shirts. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and not, not the big baby face in South Carolina. Yeah. And so. they
2: had him fighting the guy with the didn't he come out with the Confederate cape on? No.
0: Or Tracy no. Smothers No, tra- uh, He should a- have a Confederate cape. <laughs> Someone had a
2: red cape and for some reason I thought it was a Confederate. Oh, I mean,
1: it's South Carolina. You just assumed it. I just assumed it. It, it. This was ten years ago too. Any, so. any, anything red
0: in South Carolina, there has to be stars and bars. I mean, on it, it right? probably ha- yeah. it probably does. It probably <laughs> does. But uh, anyway, no, it was Mister USA taking on Tracy Smothers, which uh, you know, like I said, uh, Tracy Smothers,
1: big fan of Zayn. Love. I, uh, when I saw Tracy Smothers on this, I started to message Jake and Caleb about how could how can we get him on shows now. Uh, Tracy Smothers and his great uh, Italian jiu-jitsu
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, was, was stellar. At one point, did he pad the front of his trunks with the t-shirt they kept telling him to get rid of?
0: Yes, he <laughs> okay. did. He, pad, he, uh, he was uh, stuffing.
1: And, and his, his dances were the better part of the match. Yes. And he wrestled himself so well. Because Tony Atlas sure wasn't wrestling him. Well,
0: totally, totally. Tracy's just
1: doing all of this stuff for him.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, a, a, I believe a few years earlier, Tracy had to wrestle... Allegedly, a very intoxicated Lex Luger. It's <laughs> <Lex laughs> a, ha, a, <laughs> a great name. <laughs> had, and, and did about the same match. And Lex Luger was just as much uh, around. So, like uh, this is Tracy's deal. Can, Tracy can wrestle a broomstick or a bear. It makes no difference to me. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, finished this match as a headbutt. So, any other thoughts about this match that pops in your mind, Seth?
2: Honestly, I, w- I thought we were going for more general wrestling quite I didn't know it was quite so uh uh match specific.
0: Uh, so I, I, I was I was
2: thinking more like broad generalizations as opposed to what are some broad details.
0: generalizations and stuff like that that you're picking up from the show probably about this point.
2: Well I mostly just had a lot of questions. Like I, I found it interesting um when I was watching just most of the matches that it seemed very much um well you know a lot of people talk about like oh is it staged or whatever mm-hmm. else but I I just liked I, it. It all seemed very almost like Three Stooges, Charlie Chaplin esque in the way that they would just set up the movements and then you know do it and then this guy falls down and does a flip and then jumps back up and then winds up and then comes charging across. I I just thought it was interesting as a fan of physical comedy, that to to watch it you know it's I don't want to use the word choreographed but it's it's like a, um, you know, you're 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 telling a story through through movements of that are made up to be very, you know, exaggerated and, and, and violent.
0: Yeah, because obviously a lot of these these crowds, most of these guys wrestle wrestling, are very large. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you have to convey to the people in the back of the room to know what you're doing. Yeah, Any fine nuance things, they're not going to pick up. Right. Even though it is filmed right. for television or anything else. And if
2: you go DVD. back and watch a lot of those early, like, three-sujas and stuff like that, they're not little guys. Mm-hmm. These are big dudes, and you know, that are mm-hmm. knocking each other down and, you know, Jumping off of this thing and then falling onto that and sliding across this and you know I mean these are big dudes that that were doing that back then. So
0: what what are some questions? We'll field your questions right now. What what are some other questions you picked up from this that you want to ask about or things you picked up from the whole show?
2: well it, I mean it's mostly things like that. Like uh, what I was asking about the floor. So it was a lot of like little practical things. I was just like, All right, how does how does how does this? I, I find it interesting. The like the the. Uh, my words aren't working. Just the whole um sport to be inter- it's interesting, but I uh I like like how it works as a promotion. I don't know where I'm going with that.
0: You don't know how it works in a sense that like how do we get from point A to point B.
2: Yeah, eight? yeah. That I mean that that's really more what I what what I was interested in is like how you put on the the show, I guess, or or okay.
0: Well, this is very much a case study, and maybe how not to, in a sense. Yeah. But uh, the interviews—I remember you mentioned and stuff like that. We worked in here. Of course, Tracy does a, a wonderful interview, saying this is probably his twenty-ninth concussion, mm-hmm. which uh, kind of a shoot. Uh, yeah. I'm guessing because he—I remember him cornering me one time and and explaining that to me as well and talking about his thirtieth concussion <laughs> <laughs> and it got very graphic in and, and detail. Here's here's
2: a question I have. Go ahead, um, please. How how what? How big of a crossover does, say, a wrestler's, wrestler's character uh, play into, as opposed to, like, his personal story within the, um... Well,
0: like, the show, and the, who they are. Within the show, well, yeah. Well, it, it, it all it depends. Part of the reason why... D- the, please. Part of the reason why uh, Tony Atlas is Mr. USA is because he was a bodybuilder okay. when Mr. USA... And he was a big guy, and he muscles and stuff like that. Tracy Smothers, wild eyed Southern boy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and he got behind that. You know what I'm saying? The idea of like, you know, I'm from the South, and this is who I am. You know, uh, you know, I'm the man scout because right. I'm an eagle scout. Okay. So it all kinds of translates and stuff like that. That's why I brought with Tater Kirby. I'm like, why don't you just be a police officer? You know yeah. what I'm saying, but at the same time too, he might get in a little bit of trouble. Like, oh, he works with the sheriff's. Yeah, department, you right. actual where you that's yeah. your actual job. Yeah. So, but that's what Big Bossman's actual job was. He mm-hmm. was. He also worked for Correctional, uh, he was a prison guard.
2: Now, do you, do you guys have, like, multiple characters for yourself, or do you pretty much, you pick, this is this is your persona? And sometimes, you stick to sometimes
0: it. it's different variations, okay. like there's other places where I'm, I'm not a, a liked person, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, and there's other times where I'm a, I'm a liked person, mm-hmm. and then some people hate the manscoat gimmick, and they just want me to be G- Jake Manning in, in a pair of trunks and boots, and I'll do that, but right. you're not going to get the best of me. So, right. like, I can do something better.
1: Uh, I'm a person that does multiple uh characters or gimmicks depending. Uh I multiple mean, characters uh depending on where I'm at. Okay. I mean, I've been an Amish guy, some places that do particular oh, that cool. situations. Uh I do my John Belushi character and then I just do an asshole character, just really kind of
2: Okay. I guess just what whatever Yeah, basically what we're being paid to do.
0: And some people are barbarians, and some people are mass superstar. Right, yes, they are. <laughs> in match number four, which you know, the DJ for a local radio station comes out with mass superstar Jimmy Hart comes to the ring with barbarian, uh, and of course, uh, David Crockett is left alone with Bill Aptor. And like I said, David Crockett not giving a fuck about the show is very evident at this <laughs> oh, time. man, none of them really. Yeah, no, like uh, Jimmy South had no clue who anybody
1: was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Jimmy, I'm sorry, Jimmy, Jimmy Hart. Hart had no clue. Mouth of South. Did I, you, you just, I just John to... South. I just John South. My George him. <laughs> yeah, you you're
0: just Jimmy Hart through Jimmy s- Hart self. Like, God, I,
1: yeah, I just... <laughs> guys, we're off to a hell of a podcast.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I love like we some... Should just commentate. S- or... some, some of the classic lines from David Crockett during this match is yes... No. No, I haven't. <laughs> just like leaving Bill. Like Bill After going on in this long question and just leaving left hanging during this whole time.
2: So so you're Bill After on this podcast, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Trying as hard as to keep going.
0: Yes, yeah, so I'm a crazy bald man who yeah. loves like 1980s country music. That's yeah. exactly what I am on this podcast. See, I didn't know what he looked like. <laughs> um, also love how nobody really wants a clean job on this show. No, no one. Every no match does. has like a gimmick involved. Or a foot on the rope foot type the deal. Rope. Nobody wants to put anybody. Over. This is where you need a Jake Manning. Yeah. That just has no Who's problem. Who's just ready to lose. Ready to lose. Make <laughs> the guy look good. Take all the bumps for him because, you know, nobody's really doing that. Anyways, we get into Brad Anderson's interview and David Flair's interview. Um, yeah. Any any thoughts on that gentleman?
1: I think David Flair was too sober for this show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> David Flair, of course, being the son of, of the Rick Flair. of Rick Flair, yes, and I believe he called him seventeen-time world champion. Yeah, he did.
1: He sure did. It He's was just adding a... championships. to his dad. How many does does he have? Sixteen. 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 Sixteen-time
0: world heavyweight champion. And uh, I love how David, like I said, love David. Sweet individual. Maybe too nice for wrestling. Yeah, I feel I feel like that's how that's pretty much how I feel about David. Very nice. Uh, wearing a Toshiaki Kawada t-shirt. <laughs> so the t-shirt of another wrestler. Yeah, I'm
1: just trying to show you how much of a fan he is.
0: Yes. Uh, also wearing his sex tights, which is Sports Entertainment Extreme, which was his gimmick in TNA wrestling during the early years. Um, I love how people just really wanted to woo. Like, they really wanted yeah. to Rick Ric Flair's woo. Yeah. yeah. They just wanted to woo as bad as possible, <laughs> and David Flair just gave him that reason.
1: A shit ton of times. He chopped he chopped Brad so many times. If I was Brad, I'd have been so angry. But Everything the crowd, was a chop.
0: Crowd loved it though. Yeah. yeah and yeah, so like... they wanted to see that match. And know what? That's definitely what David Crockett wanted to see. Because he gave, you know, a thousand fucks about this yeah, show yeah. as opposed to zero like the rest of it.
2: <laughs> I created this. Yeah. What is this woo thing exactly that you were talking about? Uh, oh. I heard him refer- referencing it, but I wasn't exactly sure. Like
0: you heard the crowd go, whoo,
2: yeah, whoo. but I wasn't. I, I didn't get the, re- the okay, reference. Okay, so, so
0: you're, you you are unaware. You live in North Carolina, and you're unaware of the, the woo.
2: I live in a hole. Okay,
0: well that, that <laughs> that's why that's why I am here. It's basically Ric Flair usually at the end of his promos. You know, he would do his promo. We had um sixteen time world heavyweight champion or seventeen if David. You know, David writing it. Um, you know, and he would say. <laughs> To be the man, you got to beat the man, and you know. And he would go woo uh-huh. at the end of his, you know, interview. And he started doing it, I think, back in the even the seventies, and it was definitely the early eighties. But it probably as far as the late late seventies, he was go. He would just go woo and then leave. Uh huh. And basically, where he got it from was uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. Okay. You know, he he just he, had to, he picked it up, and then he started putting it in his promos. A lot of things in pro wrestling. Is we take from from pop culture, put it into our right. little pro wrestling, make it fit into whatever, and then push it back out. Right. And that's basically what Flair did with the woo. And he did it so much, and he would woo, and he would woo before the match, and the crowd would go woo back, and then mm-hmm. he would chop people and woo. And he's such an over and a loved individual. Now every time, just even like anyone, anyone, if me and Zayn were wrestling and we were chopping each other, fans will go woo. Okay, and it doesn't matter if it's like North Carolina, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Florida. They just do that
1: so wherever wrestling genres change or the the way that people like the fans like the wrestling. Regardless, right. if there's a chop, there's a woo.
0: Yeah, and the if thing is chop, it's timeless. It was it's timeless. it was so, so like deliberate and so like such a big deal that mm-hmm. when Ric Flair was making his like. You know, farewell tour on WWE mm-hmm. at that time, leading up to his WrestleMania match with Shawn Michaels. I was an extra mm-hmm. for, for WWE. I was extra, like, you know, like extra talent. You come backstage and they use it as security guard. Right. And there were big signs in Gorilla Position that said, no chops. Hmm. Because they know that would incite a woo. Mm-hmm. And they only want that to happen during Ric Flair's matches. Oh, I see. So none of the other wrestlers on the card, which chop is a pretty common maneuver. That's like, saying, that's
1: the one, that's the just like the chop just no the no, chop no it's like open hand and I'd slap you in the chest oh okay, the chest. okay. Yeah, not, that, not the Atlanta Braves chop oh okay this is
0: <laughs> which, which, which J Eagle did do later on yeah, yeah. yeah. but that was the same thing like no, no chops you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying Like, but they had the like that like you know don't do that particular move that's because, interesting. Yeah, like it was that over and that specific, but they wanted to make it that much more special for his for, matches. For his because so, the if they'd been doing that for three or four matches before, mm-hmm. it wouldn't mean it wouldn't be his. As... So like, oh
2: well, let's woo again. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. But the thing is, if it's happening for the first time after five matches, they're gonna lose their mind right. when they do it. So that's they're
2: good. probably they were probably looking for it. like exactly. like if you're in the audience, like hey, it's
0: Ric Flair, let's woo all night. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And if they already moved the first five matches, right. it wouldn't have been as much. But I remember that being a thing, and that's definitely what was going on here. Um, and of course, Jimmy Hart on commentary complaining about him rolling his ankle, <laughs> and I believe you even hear him like complain to like somebody off mic, and I think you even hear him drop the f bomb <laughs> at one point in time.
1: Uh, Did that he, DJ like legit make him hurt his ankle? Yeah, I
0: don't know. I th- I don't. I remember him. I had to cut because I, I want to say that I should have cut out the audio with that but I don't think I was supposed to cut out the audio with that I definitely remember cutting out an audio portion of Jimmy Hart going hey, I just shot an angle here early. Like, like he was <laughs> like he didn't realize he was mic'd a couple of times you know, like, so I think that's why you hear an Bond from but I think he was also working too. I don't know. Uh, he definitely talked about how he was getting F Lee Bailey part of his Yeah,
1: sure did. Had a really good, uh, little angle going on his own about what's yeah. gonna happen with this court case. And
0: yeah, and this DJ and something to do with Lola. I don't know quite what was going on. Like, there's I still don't remember all the details to <laughs> all of this, but um. Yeah, uh people went eight shit for the figure four. Yeah. Everything this match should have been, Anderson versus Flair, you know, finished super over and David David Crockett was losing his mind like this was like nineteen eighty oh. like nineteen eighty
1: five. Like it would have been their dads doing it.
0: Exactly. Like like that. But anyways, I remember this being about the time for intermission. Uh, come back with the mulkies in the ring cutting a promo Mulky Mania guys Mulky Mania are you aware of Mulkey oh, come on now come <laughs> <laughs> on oh, I'm stab in the dark.
1: maybe he knew maybe he knew he doesn't know Woods, but he knows multimania.
0: Mania stab in the dark my friend get the dark. <laughs> fuck out anyways uh, mulkies were a, a team that that lost all the time they were preliminary wrestlers on TV you know the mm-hmm. guys that you'd see that would already be in the ring after a guy makes a big entrance okay. they would lose all the time
1: Enhancement Talent, okay,
0: and people ironically got behind them and were you know holding up signs, Malcolm and lose their minds every time they got on uh, uh, on TV, and they would just like get obliterated and killed, and so like they tried to capitalize on that, and they gave them a win, and people lost their minds. Okay, so like it was it was all they, they like gave
2: God. them. An under, they had an underdog. Yes,
0: exactly. Everyone
1: loves the underdog.
0: Exactly, and then the gladiators who they who lost to the Monkies, came out and beat him up again. And... I just love how the mulkies they look like somebody's dad. Uh-huh. And then they take some of the best bumps on the show. Uh-huh. <laughs> they look like they should be working for the feed feed store up the street. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're taking like this insane like f- flying bump up <laughs>
1: like an elbow. <laughs> oh yeah, where like he closed on him in the stomach, but he like jumped a million feet in the air and yeah. like put this real weird ass bump. And just soared and hit the other side uh-huh. of the
0: ring.
1: Good for him. <laughs> and
0: bumped on the floor and just Jesus. How much money
1: do you think was paid just for him to get that one clothesline?
0: Oh, I didn't. I didn't even think about them getting paid for it. Yeah, I didn't, that's I, I, that's I, just money. Like, hey, man, all I want you to do is take a little bit. Yes, yeah, I didn't. I didn't calculate that into my final figures of this mm, whole show. Which
1: so well, we have to start over. Is yeah. that a thing
2: that people do? Like they'll 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 ask you to do a certain move and then pay you for it. Oh yeah,
0: really? yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Look, in wrestling, nothing's fucking free. Right. You say that in the real world. No, in wrestling, everything is paid for even that's jobbers like this just taking one little move one little bump right. 30 seconds of their time that's a lot of money right there in that 30 seconds for sure
0: uh, anyways we get to Greg Valentine's interview which you know Greg Valentine looks half dead as always yep. same <laughs> uh, hasn't changed same hasn't changed since Tim- rhythm and blues timeless if <laughs> you well, yeah,
1: yeah but not how you want the term timeless to be
0: like he's frozen in time <laughs> yeah like,
1: <laughs> like he's always looked 50 and will never change yes <laughs>
0: Uh, and then Jay Eagle's interview, which where he's talking about how old he is, he had to take his back brace off. He had to, he <laughs> yeah, that him. was funny. Which I don't know if he's making a joke or that's something he actually had to do. I, 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 I hope that was the exact question.
1: I still wrestle for Eagle to this day. Like it still runs every Saturday in <laughs> in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Yeah. Every Saturday, still dresses like an Indian, mm-hmm. white as can be with a mullet, um, and yeah, he, he looks. Like he's always looked. He is also timeless in the same respect that when he was fifteen, he looked hundred. It's <laughs> like Steve Martin always looking. Yeah, exact he's always <laughs> like the exact same. Maybe,
0: maybe Jay Eagle's real name is Martin. It's Jay yeah. Martin and your, Steve Martin. The brothers. The brothers. <laughs> the Martin brothers. The Martin brothers. Yeah. But anyways, the match happens. It's dog collar match. A little nod to you know, Great Valentine and, and Piper. You know, which is a big thing. But yeah, that, that was
2: cool. To it watch, like As I, did, I didn't uh, like. I didn't know that was a thing, yeah. and then I saw him do. It, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. That's a nice gimmick."
0: Now, did you Did you Did you enjoy that match? Yeah,
2: actually, I did. That was one that was one 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 of the ones that I like like focused in on more. I was like, "Oh, this is
1: cool." They for they give him a th- for this time of type of a gimmick match it wasn't bad. Yeah, like you see, I can see it, I've seen a lot of dog collar and chain matches just run off the rails and look stupid. This was pretty fucking good. Yeah. Took its time, did the story, took care of itself. Did all the
0: spots, which are pretty yeah, standard, yeah, you know the I'm dick saying?
1: spots and the mouth yeah. chokes and all that shit. Um, never seen. The, is it
0: always been a pin in a dog collar match?
1: Because that was yeah, a, a pin, I has think it. so because
0: they did they did an Indian a, strap match.
1: Okay, or like the bull or, rope is the corners. Yes, and, then, okay. and the Indian
0: strap is the same. Okay. So it's just there's a different strap but like I think the actual like
1: just so you can't get away from each other. Yes. And that's the concept. Okay. Yeah, I think
0: that's the concept of this. That's why you tie tied around each other's necks right. as opposed to the hands. So that's a little different. I, I like. like
2: the fact that one of the commenters was like uh, I wonder where the dog collar match came from and the other guy was like it's definitely from the south.
1: That's yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> the uh, Most likely the south. <laughs> from John South. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's about heritage, not hate. It is. It is. We're gonna rise again. It's It's gonna rise again. Uh, Anyways, moving on to match number seven, Team Blondage with Lollipop taking on Bambi and Ivory. Special guest referee, SoCalVal. SoCalVal. Personal favorite. Personal favorite match. Why is it your personal favorite, Seth? Well, because there were
2: titties. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. That's good. (laughs) Good. good.
0: Thank you. That's pretty much what it
2: boils down to. But but no, I I, as I was saying earlier, um, I, I think it was it It was faster paced mm-hmm. which is something that i definitely um appreciated just as someone with a d h d i i don't know quicker movements uh more acrobatic mm-hmm.
1: um i agree it was also my favorite match yeah. so uh because it was yeah i mean it was it was it was very good uh when when you get uh when you get girls' matches there's a lot of times that uh female wrestlers Become popular mm-hmm. because of their fucking tits and and how they look, um, which is very it's, it's sad. Yeah, I And mean, there's a ton of girls out there that can wrestle their ass off, but right. get the exposure. But I think this match, though there were a lot of tits, there was actually some good wrestling in there. Like I think Amber O'Neill really busted her ass. She was she was the workhorse in this match. Uh, it was my favorite one. Like I just thought they they did keep a very good pace. They told a good story. Back and forth, SoCal Val did not hurt whatsoever, even though she can't referee. <laughs> uh, she's a shitty ref, but great to see. Uh-huh. Uh, I love how as soon as the girls' match starts, um, all three commentators become Instant perfs.
0: I don't know what that is. That's like just <laughs> cool such fact. a like indie cliche. Like oh, girls, and they're supposed to freak out about it. Yeah. Like why can't you just call it like every other match? And like David Crockett especially, yeah. just almost like even shitting on it too. <laughs> like they're making like dumb the blonde, blonde jokes. The blonde yeah. jokes, and then all of a sudden I think Bill Lapid goes, we're, "We're only talking about no, just the blonde, these blondes, these blondes, not all blondes." And then like David Crockett goes like. No we didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think David Crockett forgot
1: he was Mike more than Jimmy Hart forgot he was <laughs> Mike's.
0: And then like even like they even like, somebody made a comment like, uh, this referee must be a redneck. I mean, just look at her white socks.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh? Like, and he was like, or a schoolgirl.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's, that's are true.
2: you are you married? That's yeah, but it. I still like the look. I'm like, this doesn't have anything
1: to do with Not it. Not at, at all. At all. <laughs> hey, let's just talk about how <laughs> these bitches shouldn't be here. By yeah, all the way, right, well, here's what fetishes are. This, this
0: do. is only like the most action we've seen this entire <laughs> show, so let's shit on it because they yeah. women. Like, but yeah, it's such a cliche that people just think that, like, anytime you put a girls' match on a show, they get all googly. And I, I, I feel like we've progressed maybe a little bit, but I don't know. No,
1: I don't, I don't believe we have. Okay. Uh, we, well, usually the people that you hear chime in about current ladies' wrestling are still these old fossils. Yes. So in that time, they haven't evolved. Yes yes uh i think that uh we as wrestlers accept them more, accept female wrestlers more absolutely uh, because we the the newer class and the we we accept the equality we understand that it's these girls are fighting just as hard as we guys are. They're going the
0: same shit we are. Exactly, and they're and technically a lot of times, like obviously we understand the pain that they have to go to the mm-hmm. to the bathroom yeah, to change because yeah. they just openly yeah. can't drop their pants, put their trunks yeah. on. And that's whatever. They have to go find a secret place where somebody's not going to walk in on them or yeah. walk through the crowd, yeah. put their stuff on in the women's bathroom, and then walk back, back yeah. through the crowd and then to the locker room. I, like, so despite I, the
2: fact that they're literally professional fighters there's mm-hmm.
0: still
1: this overwhelming threat of like
0: hey i could still be a victim at my yeah, own yeah, show yeah. like it's
1: like i think we as i think we as workers have have evolved i think these old fossils still haven't they still don't respect it as uh, a wrestling art form uh but i also believe that the audacity of some fans uh like male fans has gotten out of control as well like i you know i see posts from a lot of female workers that are t- just guys sending unsolicited dick pics, or like, "Hey, you're my favorite wrestler. Send me some dirty panties," kind of shit. Yeah. So like, it's 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 real weird. I think we as we as equals have have evolved, but everyone around us still feels it's the exact same way. Of like, why are you bitches here other than to uh, stimulate me sexually?
0: Yeah, and and that's the thing too. Is like, I like you know, nothing against you know, obviously. Jimmy Hart and Bill Lafferty, David Crockett, go fuck himself. Yeah, fuck him. I don't give <laughs> he, shit. He's made a lot of money <laughs> for no reason. Like and he can tell me fuck off. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but I no. want to <laughs> But they too, like you know, during during Jimmy Hart's era it was like it was always the women that would come around. I, th- I feel like he respects them to an, an extent, but he's never seen it as any mm-hmm. other way. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying they because they, it was always the women and the midgets. That's <laughs> what they were seen as. Like, oh, well, and
1: together know, they go.
0: Yeah, like when we do a loop around here, we'll bring the women and the midgets the during different. the summertime. And then that's, they'll do a loop with us. And that's they're basically the same to us that way. Uh-huh. And that's how the mentality was. And like, oh, we've only brought these women around. So it's, sexually just, it's just a it's, it's a gimmick. Yeah. As, yeah. as opposed to like seeing these women as female athletes and competitors. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody... And it's the same thing that happened in MMA. Just not even like few several years ago like they had MMA, women MMA matches just to see a tit pop out Yeah, like Misha Tate talked about that on Joe Rogan's podcast he goes I think they just booked female MMA just so like maybe a tit will pop out yeah, you know yeah I totally agree And but I think feel like we've all evolved mm-hmm. and, and we should try to evolve further you know because like I said they're going through the same shit we're going through and yeah, even a little rough, So I think part so of that, that think
2: extends rough. into for lack of a better term, real life, Yeah, like, I mean, it, when it comes really. to like working, I mean, I've worked in a bunch of bars and stuff like that, and people always think of bar brawls as being dudes, Yeah. but no, some of the nastiest fights I've ever seen have been between two women that are throwing things and <laughs> scratching bottles and stuff, like, I mean, breaking that shit up is, is way more, like, I, I'd be afraid to, I, I'll jump in the middle of a dude bar brawl, and I have several times, and without any hesitation, but there's no way I'm gonna. <laughs> no,
0: and they fight with emotion. They fight with passion. Yeah, right? you know what I'm saying like <laughs> they're fighting with everything. Yeah, they right, have. everything ever. <laughs> you know. Uh, but anyways, move right along yeah. into the next match. But before we get there, we have a Midnight Express interview and a Jerry the King Lawler interview, which I feel like is a classic. Do you agree
1: with me, it... Jerry Lawler? Is Studly as fuck in this interview. Yes, he is. He looks so fucking good. <laughs> if if I came to this show and they're like, you gotta fuck some dude on the show, <laughs>
0: I'm going for Jay Lawler.
1: Because he looks phenomenal.
0: Yeah. Just and, and just very sharp at this time. Yeah. Like, just, just dead on. Like we're not too far removed from like heel Lawler commentator, mm-hmm. which I, a lot of people like.
1: Is the best commentator? Yeah,
0: beg for for those old days of like mid nineties, late nineties. Jerry Lawler, just heel commentator, like just really the best. We're not too far removed from all
1: that. I like this. I like this uh, this promo or interview better than I did the actual match. Yeah. There were so many good highlights to it. To like. Uh, I could watch Jerry Lawler and Bill Aptor just ad-lib like they did for the first couple seconds of it. They could do that all night long, and I would have watched that three-hour DVD compared to the show.
0: Well, and see, that's the thing. is, it's that's ingenious about Jerry Lawler um, is that when he walked into this interview, he did not know that's where it was going to end. Yeah. He came up with a whole angle and a whole story of what this match is about during that interview. Mm-hmm. Like it is it's very much like an improv scene is what yeah. he did, and that's what's amazing about him. What were your thoughts on Jerry Lawler?
2: He's the one with the um next time I'm to actually write down all the names. Yes. Uh he's the one with the was he the one with the long sleeve black shirt on? Yes. And, yes. Gra- and okay. talk about okay. Andy, Andy
0: Kaufman. Yes. Yeah. What that huge for was Yes.
2: That was my question. Is that a wrestler or is he talking about the same Andy Kaufman No, the, the Same Andy Kaufman. The same Andy, the same Andy He fought Andy Kaufman? Yes. Really?
1: He- Huh. Um, so, you don't know about <laughs> <laughs> like, like the
0: Morkins. The, the Andy
1: Kaufman thing was very much in pop culture. Like it was part of like they Jerry Lawler and Andy Kaufman fought on uh, The Letterman Show. Yeah, he slapped. Back in them. the day, yeah. Huh.
0: I'll get you a DVD, son. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. (laughs) let us learn. boy. I'm coming completely blind here. uh, Very blind. (laughs)
1: This this is actually the first. You're blind to history, (laughs) really. It's not even. It's not really wrestling that you don't know. Are you aware of
2: it? I'm just a fucking idiot. How old are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm fourteen.
1: believable (laughs) at this point. Are you aware Uh, of
0: Michael Jackson? (laughs) Who? (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you mean the pedal? He <laughs> <good testing> <laughs> <one>. <laughs> yeah I don't know him so much musical I just know him as a pedophile he fucked around a little while <laughs> and Hitler's just a funny guy with a mustache right, <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> me and but, Michael we didn't want to put a label on it but, or, but yeah the Andy Kaufman that one
0: uh, <laughs> but yeah this match kind of gets a little bit weird but let me explain to you why it ended up being what it ended up being um, this match was originally supposed to be the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette Versus the Rock and Roll Express and Jerry Lawler.
2: What is the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll?
0: There were two tag teams.
2: Okay, yeah. so they're okay.
0: Yeah. The Midnight Express were the people with Jim Cornette, the people that did the interview just before Jerry Lawler. Right. So um, Bobby, one of the greatest Professor well.
1: Just want to throw that in there. Just want to throw that. I want to go on record if I have it thus far.
0: But 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 Zane, I knew you looked a little clueless when I said that the Rock and Roll Express was. Yeah, like let me explain to you how all this came to be. This is a fantastic story. Okay.
1: (laughs) How do you how do you substitute the Rock and Roll Express for Brad Armstrong and Jeff Hardy?
0: Yeah, let me explain to you how we get there. Please. Is. It was, split, like it was originally Rock and Roll Express and Jerry Lawler taking Midnight Express and Jim Cornette.
1: Which makes a lot of sense. Make, the, we're the greatest tag feuds of all time. Yes. Okay.
0: Greatest tag feud of all time. Also, you know, Jerry Lawler known for being in Memphis, mm-hmm. uh, which is also where Jim Cornette got his start. So therefore, there's that connection with him and Cornette. And then, also too, the Rock and Roll Express started in Memphis. Mm-hmm. So, all that makes sense. All that bookings make sense. But what happened was, Robert from the Rock and Roll Express saw how big the shows were in Lenore. And... Saw that Tony wasn't going back to Lenore because he was going to do a Gaffney show in May and then do the Spartanburg show in November. So Robert thought to take it upon himself to run Lenore himself and try and scoop up all of these thousands of wrestling fans that want to see wrestling. They're going to come back
1: for the Tony Hunter show, but only get the Robert Gibson show. Yeah. Basically,
0: he was undercutting. Like okay. he, he Basically, he opened up a Hardee's down the street mm-hmm. from McDonald's. Right. So, obviously, Tony's like, I can't book you if you're going to do that, because you're going to basically just glam off my success. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, he was no longer booked on the, some of the upcoming shows. Actually, no, this happened before, because there was, I believe... No, no, yeah, it was before the Gaffney show. So, yeah, that's what exactly what happened. Because at the Gaffney show in South Carolina, you had... Uh, Ricky Morton and Brad Armstrong, Rock and Water Roll Express, two thousand five. Because <laughs> Brad Armstrong's fantastic. Uh-huh. Also, of course, one of the best wrestlers of all time. Yes. And so that is exactly. too. Yeah. yeah. Also,
1: so, on record, need to say. Yeah,
0: need to say. <laughs> so then it was going to be Lawler and Ricky, Ricky Morton and Brad Armstrong. That was going to be the match. Okay, we just added Brad. It still kind of makes sense. Now I believe a week before or two weeks before Ricky Morton got picked up for unpaid child support. Oh, no. That's when all this happened. This was reported. Uh, it was kind of... It's the worst nightmare you can no. possibly think of in the sense of, of child support. This is the worst case scenario. When it was decided and assessed how much child support he should pay, he was an employee of WCW. And his... Oh. So his income was extremely much larger than what he was making on the independent wrestling scene. <laughs> so I believe it was in, and because it was in, I think, Tennessee, and they have very strict child support uh, laws, it, therefore he was incarcerated for it. Ouch. So that I, I, I want to say that the amount that was owed was like $90,000. How many well, kids did he
1: have? Come on, bro. <laughs> Once again, you know who the monkeys are? <laughs> <laughs> I, be- I
0: believe that was what was reported in and in, in, in Pro Wrestling illustrated is he owed ninety thousand dollars or his it was his income at the time when his child support was assessed. Was ninety thousand dollars? I remember the the, the number ninety thousand dollars thrown so, so around. So either, either way, either way, a that's a shit how he, ton of money. Yeah, what's that kid gonna do with ninety thousand
1: dollars? Well, probably multiple kids. Like this is probably divided up amongst. Yeah, amongst. Yeah,
0: but like like I said, I'm not telling tales out of school. This was reported through yeah. a lot. I don't remember the exact specifics that if it, he was. Income was assessed when he was making ninety thousand dollars, <laughs> or he owed ninety thousand dollars. I remember that being one of the, the the fun little numbers they put in the year review. <laughs> oh, they, Thanks, yeah, they Thanks as, assholes. Yeah, they use that as, as a trivia thing yeah. for, for for wrestling Illustrated.
1: Who's the shittiest deadbeat dad in, <laughs> in <the> wrestling history?
0: <laughs> yeah. Ricky Martin. That's kind of what they do. Yeah. Like it, it's like, very unfair, but like they, a lot of people took pot shots at him this time, so he's incarcerated at this time. And, of course, uh, this was very short notice. Mm -hmm. He'd already added a bunch of people on the show. And so I think Jeff Hardy had just gotten released. But I don't think he was willing to take the amount of money. They weren't willing to pay him the amount of money that it would require for him to wrestle. um, Because he was just there for an autograph signing. And hence, we got what we got.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was curious if he was charging by the minute. Yeah. And it was very anticlimactic, his entrance. Yeah. Like, he just kind of... It looked like he was lost going Soul to the bathroom. Out. Yeah,
0: that's it. And, and it's, it's like, <laughs> oh, fuck, how to
1: end up here?
0: <laughs> you don't even know really know if he, for sure if he was the mystery yeah, partner. Like... like just... If no
1: one showed up, the exact same outcome would have been fine. Yeah. You know, it, it was not hinged on him, I don't feel. Yeah, so...
0: This match happened. It was kind of a little train wreck. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, I have said said it was a good match until Jeff Hardy showed up. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well somebody had somebody had to say Brad Armstrong so, yeah definitely you know and, and anybody could have sauntered down there yeah I, it you could have part. been anybody uh, then we go to the next match with Dustin Rhodes and Terry Funk um,
1: what the fuck man
0: <laughs> 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 what is going
1: on here
0: what, what
1: what is what is your take on it Zane Riley uh promos were fine I guess I just like to hear Funk talk a lot uh yeah. they this the they is the NRA. one that he ripped, ripped the microphone this a, is the one yeah. you were watching this when the one I got one here I <laughs> yeah <laughs> he just finished the show an hour ago yeah <laughs> um the, the promo at the beginning of the match just took forever and they were already giving so much insight to the rest of the match like in the promo like I have to lay my hands on you, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, well, fuck, if you're just going to tell us the finish, let's just get there already. But they talk so long.
0: And, and just painting this whole anti WWE yeah. thing. And, you know, Funk starts off being the bad guy, but ends up the being, good? the good guy at the yeah. end of all of this. So I don't know if that was designed. To, to by design, like at yeah, the point, in, or? yeah, like was because like you're spending a lot of time with this uh-huh. for him to come out and be such a big baby face mm-hmm. at the end. And I remember his the, the his speech at the end of this match was like, we. I remember us doing the trailer for the, the this DVD, and and Mike was like get that out as media. That was the best part of the whole show. Was him talking about how this whole area has persevered for so long, yeah. and just like very heartfelt. Where before he was calling them idiots, but yeah. and he's like, "You people are are just too stupid to see. you too stupid to see." And then all of a sudden, it's like, "Now, don't you see what's going on?" Mm-hmm. And I feel like the lead up to all of this is just a setup to get Lawler versus Funk.
2: Mm. What's the history between him and and Rhodes?
0: Uh, with Terry like, Funk like, and Rhodes. Yeah,
2: yeah. Before, like before the match, or...
0: basically, the big, big history is Dustin Rhodes is um, son of Dusty, Dusty Rhodes, right. who was in the main event, and basically, you know, Terry and Dusty feuded. Called he called him a sucking dog. Yeah. So always he's always had a heated feud, and he's always kept it going mm-hmm. for years because he's a businessman. Yeah. He, knows, right. he knows that. Also, same history between Funk and Lawler. Empty arena match. You know, there there is. Which, if you look up on YouTube, you should look up on YouTube. Anybody who hasn't seen the MD Arena match, Terry Funk's performance is probably top five, one of the best performances in professional wrestling ever. And there's a situation where he gets his eye stabbed by a stick because of Jerry Lawler and he's always blamed Lawler for it so so therefore they've always brought it back around to matches against each other and and like every time it's ever happened the promos have been fantastic the matches have always been really good Uh Um, just anytime that those two interact with each other like is just really good because just Terry goes for it and that's basically what they're trying to set up for the next time
1: okay was there a next time after this?
0: Well, see, that's another thing that I got into. That's that something for
1: later? Yes, yeah, so okay. maybe, maybe a little okay. bit later. All right. Maybe we'll get into some um, of those details. My favorite part of the opening was when Terry talks about how he ain't selling no goddamn socks. Yeah. That was <laughs> the best part of the match, to talk about not selling socks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because uh, ma- mankind's finisher was the mandible claw where he sticks the fingers in his mouth because of, I believe, Dr. Jerry Graham? Yep. Yes, Dr. Jerry Graham, he had the man mandible claw finish because he I think Jerry Graham was the same doctor from The Fugitive, if I'm not mistaken. The idea oh, is that you yeah. could take
1: your two fingers and shove them under your opponent's tongue uh-huh. and they'll be basically paralyzed and would start like to throw approach. up. Yeah. And
0: yeah, they would start to just crumble.
1: You don't have huh? to try it right now.
0: No. Uh <laughs> 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 giving him the Claw. <laughs> yeah.
1: Seth out of the rest of the show. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, if you, if, if, you, if you hear a thud, it's, it's, it's Seth like, I really gotta try this man of <laughs> <laughs> a cloth. dead. Screw auto asphyxiation. Yeah, just man of a cloth. Then my like,
2: hand locks up at the end. <laughs>
0: See, Yeah, you seem like a weird guy that would try. That. <laughs> Give yourself a man of a cloth and jerk off. Say <laughs> how it feels. You don't know. Know Way better than what happened
1: you. to that guy from Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyway, uh yeah, I would have loved it cuz there was supposed to be a return date to the, to the they had booked. I would have loved to seen a heel waller taking on a baby face terrifying. Mm-hmm. That that would mix up That have been that new. Out. That would've been new very interesting. Um anyways, moving right along, Tully Blanchard's interview with JJ Dillon. Uh, what what sorry,
1: one back step. Um, okay. Other than the fact that I wrote this never fucking ends. Uh Dustin was able to get a figure four on faster than David Flair could that entire fucking match. Yeah. It happened in seconds. Like, oh right, Figure Four, it's on. Yeah. Sorry, son of Flair. Not today.
0: Well, I think in fairness, Dustin did the dusty way where you just fold the leg and like, oh, okay, the the, the half-ass. As opposed to the turn the, and, okay, and stuff like the, that. The spin toad. Yeah. And yeah. Anyways, uh J, J-, J and Telly Blanche in the interview this is the interview that we were mentioning earlier. <laughs> or just tell me Blanchard just... Shit's landed.
1: all over guy that's trying to interview him. <laughs> oh,
0: that was real hate.
1: I heard you listening to it in the back when he said verbose and I started laughing all over again. When he said verbose last night, I lost my shit because I know that guy uh-huh. and I know that motherfucker doesn't know what verbose means. <laughs>
0: I... 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 And that's the thing, I had to rewind that a couple of times, like, what, did he actually say more? And I go, no, 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 he was just mad because he put, like, expletives to, like, yeah. explain the upcoming match. And I just, uh, real hate that. I tell him,
1: Leave the talking to the talkers, kid. You know?
0: Ah, just, and he, he just said it, like, such a dick, you know? Just so, so point. And then, of course, we get Dusty Rhodes' interview. Classic.
1: Yeah, of course. So, uh... Where
0: he's just kind of like,
1: this is a match, or it's not, you know, whatever. <laughs> hey guys, look.
0: And let me tell you my Telly pubic hair. Yeah!
1: <laughs> Let's just all talk about muffs.
0: <laughs> hey,
1: have you seen those girls? Yeah. They got hair everywhere yeah. too?
0: Like, just. Could you tell me? Like, it somehow doesn't feel too dirty, like. No, yeah. <laughs> he's like, so relaxed it's, it's, about it. It's like how you would, like, assume
1: your grandfather or, like, your great grandfather would talk about racism. Where it's like he just doesn't know any better, so it's not as offensive as it would be if like one of us said something. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's just, oh, they got pubic hair too.
0: <laughs> he's
2: legitimately
1: asking because like, he yeah, like he's doesn't of concern almost. <laughs> like, like he would go be like ladies maybe you should shave your pubic hair yeah
0: I know it's November and it's cold outside. Right? <laughs> but listen ladies
1: if <laughs> you want the guys today and the paydays at the shows
0: <laughs> a little bit a little of a treacherous oh god bless Dusty god yeah. just
1: rest in pieces yeah.
0: yeah and soaking his elbow in motor oil like just yes. yeah what was
1: that like what did that just mean just
0: weird his fans <laughs> he what he wants it works works yeah. <laughs> Sitting here talking about it, so yeah. I'm in it was good.
2: It was great. <laughs> Elbow and motor
0: oil, castrol, uh, and and of course, uh, Magnum TA a little interview. But let me give you a little piece of information, especially to Seth. <laughs> Magnum TA, who uh, will be in the in, in Dusty's corner, mm-hmm. who is taking on Tully Blanchard. Now, yeah. Magnum is married to Tully Blanchard's ex-wife, uh. and is Ray and raised some of Tully's kids. One of those kids just (laughs) happens to be Tessa Blanchard, uh, who is now a female professional wrestler, who at this moment in time...
1: Covered in hair. (laughs) (laughs) Who at this moment in
0: time is 10 years old. (laughs) So... For all of you perverts out there that are ogling Tessa, that remember this show, you're a pervert. You're a, she, was, she was ten when this you're show. You're a happened.
1: shitty fucking person.
0: <laughs> May I remind you that yeah. I did the math? She was ten, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Mainly gentlemen. <laughs> uh, my favorite part of this entire show, this entire three-hour DVD, all the stories that surround it, is Magnum T.A.'s young Padawan Rat Tail that hangs over oh, right oh, his shoulder. Yes. Becoming the best Jedi of all time. <laughs> See, I was sitting there trying to figure out, does he have another one on the other side? Oh, man. Not? So you're trying to say he might have, like, pigtails? Maybe. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going to blow the top off, a, re- a tribute to the Cade. <laughs> <laughs> Is how many rat tails and or pigtails does Magnum T.A. Yeah, have. could have a third, fourth, hanging out the back. Good. I don't oh, know. shit.
0: Maybe 10-year-old Tessa Blanchard did it for maybe, maybe, like, show. <laughs> maybe she did his hair for this show. Yeah.
1: Because T.A. Like would be a great dad, yeah. He would, oh man, you know, he'd do
0: Fuck.
1: that. We gotta ask Tessa, we're gonna talk to her, <laughs> and, her and, right now.
0: And, and, and apparently, young Cody Rhodes was in attendance at mm-hmm. the show, don't really remember that, but uh, apparently he was. So, well, he wasn't doing
1: things at the time, so see, yeah, I don't think
0: Yeah, don't he's, think
1: he's not as over thin as he is
0: now, yeah, which is funny because you know,
1: the how old was he at the time? Uh, probably about 10, probably right? 10. he's no, he would be 15 ish. Yeah, he'd be closer to our age. so.
0: Yeah, he'd be closer to our age, so he'd be 20s. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I'll figure that out. <laughs> Anyways, this is going to take a while to announce everything in this match. Special <laughs> special guest ring announcer with David Crockett. At ringside, we have eight-time NWA champion Harley Race to present the, the belt. This is for a belt. And special guest referee Jimmy Valiant. With who t- looks phenomenal for
1: a hundred and thirteen years
0: <laughs> well, It's the same way today. Um, he is timeless. <laughs> in a good way. Yes, in the positive of ways. <laughs> in the positive of ways. Um, with Tully Blanchard with JJ Dillon and the new perfect ten, Christy Ricci, in his corner, because at this moment in time we can't find Baby Doll. <laughs> She's nobody, just off. nobody could find her this time, and then she resurfaced a few months later. Yeah. Uh, Chad Bird. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> taking on Dusty Rhodes with Magnum, T.A. in his corner. Now, not to give away... I know it's, it's, it's not professional to give out people's rates, but I feel like since there are so many people in, mixed in this thing, I can give you a rough estimate of how much the, m- this match costs without giving away exactly what everybody got. Mm-hmm. I rough estimate from what I know about these individuals and what they would probably expect... Uh, through years of working with them, through what I've heard them say, and what they're probably getting at this time. I estimated this match to be about $7,500 or $8,000. This particular match... Wow. Just this one. Just this one. I estimated the rest of the show to be coming out to about $12,650. That's it?
1: Yeah. No, no, just the show portion. Like, not... Getting these guys to do the meet-and-greet signing.
0: Well, there's a lot. There, there, I, I'm not even taking consideration, like, Bill Apter's fee. I'm not taking consideration Tom Pritchard, who I believe he had a hand in, in running the back. And also, too, I made some very... Uh, generous? At, generous, and that's just the talent. I'm not talking about, like, in the building, which I'll get into that in a minute, too. I'm guessing roughly about the rest of the show was about... Twelve thousand dollars. So we're talking about a twenty thousand dollar payroll with about eight thousand of it being in this particular match.
1: <laughs> you trying yeah, to that's tell me Taylor
0: Kirby's not breaking the bank? I don't think so. <laughs> but anyways, this match. Happens, you know, and, and like I, 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 feel, I feel, <laughs> this match happens. I well, I feel bad because like I, I don't want to like really shit on like oh this is Dusty and Tully in two thousand five, you know. But this had like they wrestled three times before on Carolina Championship Wrestling shows, and like. They'd already done like a bunkhouse match where they fought all over the place, and all of those. What matches, does that mean? I heard them. They just that. just beating each other outside. No uh, okay. count out, and they just kind of a redo of that, and also too like I think people were kind of like turning on Dusty a bit. Yeah. Like there are a lot of like people that were cheering for the bad guy, and they wanted mm-hmm. to see Tully win because Tully I think put over Dusty in all three of the prior encounters, so it no. was like kind of no, there's not a lot of heat, not a lot of push between them. Just a bunch of stars out there in the main event, and it was for a title this time. And then of course you know Telly uses a shoot to win, like you do, like you do. And uh, Dusty smacks a LA. <laughs> I don't I did. Dusty Rhodes
1: hit. Like, so I'm gonna let you in on a secret. Okay. Jake Manning. Uh, while I watched this three-hour DVD, <laughs> uh, I drank uh, a lot. And then prior to this three-hour DVD, I had already drank a lot. So some moments, I thought maybe I invented in my head. Dusty Rhodes, the baby of this match, hit a bitch, right? Yes. Okay, just checking. (laughs) He hit a lady, but was still over at the end, correct? Yeah. Okay, because Harley Race came in.
0: And, And not only did he hit her, he would also say that... If you want to see a room, man, I'll take you outside. Okay. <laughs> All
2: right. Did <laughs> you also call her a woman on the street? Yeah, that was yeah.
0: that was that was classic though. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 she deserved that. She deserved that. That's out. fine. You,
1: yeah. call her a hooker, just don't ver-
0: uh, her verbally.
1: Self. Anything's okay. <laughs> yeah. But when you hit a bitch,
0: yeah, like just really popped real good. This was like, just
1: just right. Just just hit her like he meant. I, yeah,
0: and, like she really hadn't. De- like, I I get it. Like if you like. You know, like when, I think he even smacked Baby Doll one time. And, Probably, I mean, who?
1: Else? But like, it was
0: almost like at that time it was like warranted. Like she, I think she hit him, or she'd been screwing him over. Like at least there'd been a little bit of a buildup. <laughs> Chrissy Ricci, this is day one of her being yeah. Baby Doll, and she <laughs> just gets slapped. Like, hey, welcome. She's new yeah.
1: and used in the same match.
0: Yes. So, yeah, but crowd seems to like it. Yeah, they're <laughs> <That> Well. Uh, <laughs> This is the general wow. read of the crowd. I'm like, I feel like they would like this. How like, would I yeah, this? no, this is Psycho. cool. I get
1: this. this, this relates to me?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that happens, this all happens. Uh really weird cause Tully won the belt, got back in and didn't get the belt. <laughs> well,
1: because the lady that was gonna accept it for him got hit. <laughs> yeah,
0: and says that's the thing, like, it's really really weird because like they never brought the belt. Uh, just it's just really weird to me. Like he had a good opportunity when he was taking the j- roll back in, and took the jabs yeah. from Dusty. He could have fell down and as he was rolling, scooped Crab, up, yeah, the belt yeah, yeah. Roll up the bell and got out. But he didn't. So it was like really weird. Like you have the only thing that's special about this is that somebody's gonna win the title, and then you don't get a moment where somebody holds it has the title. a title. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just really weird. It kind of fell flat. I just
2: it was kind of interesting to see you know the this 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 other renowned character standing there getting booed holding somebody else's belt and that's like that's the final image you see just mm-hmm. like just him standing
1: alone in the middle of the yeah. in the ring mm-hmm. a yeah. fallen angel holding what's not his pretty much man yeah.
0: also i i noticed an image that happened right as they fade to black is a very concerned tony hunter talking to my boss michael bikikio and that's where he fade out we should
1: be fucking concerned. Do you see this show? Just kidding. <laughs> Which well, I love Tony. Tony's a great guy.
0: I love Tony too. Tony is such a good promoter. But as uh, we found out later, he was a little bit over his head on this entire show. I love yeah, Tony. No, Tony's a great good guy. guy. <laughs> and also, uh, there is that we conducted an interview with Tony after this whole show happened, and basically he spilled the beans of what happened because shortly after the show, a lot of Speculation came out, a lot of rumors, a lot of things that that weren't true, uh-huh. a lot of things that actually kind of were true. But there was a lot of stuff going on about it, and talk of like wrestlers weren't getting paid, uh, a lot of mismanagement, uh-huh. um, also a big concern about the building specifically, um, a lot of a lot of concern about what was going on and stuff like that. And I know Tony was going through a really tough, tough time because of it, and hurt his reputation for a very long time. Now, luckily, Tony's back and he's doing good work with Big Time Wrestling, mm-hmm. and he's he's done a lot of things with that. But like Tony. Uh, got into a considerable amount of trouble with this show, most notably because this this building cost f- the bill for this building was much larger mm-hmm. than his regular Lenore building, which we <coughs> mentioned earlier, where he had 2,000 people. So he had a larger crowd in Lenore, mm-hmm. you know, than he did for this building. So he. Larger be- crowd in a smaller building? Uh, yes. 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 And the okay.
1: building, this is the auditorium, right? Yes, right. the auditorium. So this is. A huge and, building.
0: Yeah, and, and my, my, my boss, Michael, uh, extended an olive branch to Tony to give him an opportunity to lay out some of these facts. So I just want to spill some of these facts out right now, you know, because like I said, it, and in the interview, Tony Black, flat out says, like, he overbooked the show. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, when you have a talent roster that costs you almost $20,000, that is not good. Yeah. Because you still have to pay the building, which the Lenore building, he said at the end of the day, you, you pay whatever for the Lenore building. You know, they're going to keep the concessions. They're going to make the money themselves. They so pay a couple of cops to be there for security. Mm-hmm. He said Lenore would cost him about five $600.
1: That's not... Wow. Yeah. For a building that holds 2,000 people?
0: Yeah. Jesus shit. Yes. Now, Spartanburg. Who
1: also holds 2,000 people because we've been there for sold-out shows.
0: Tony claims on that night he was received a, a notice of a bill as they started adding things up of... $9,200 Jesus in 2005? 2005 2005 because there was a situation I and I even heard like you know paying somebody for the run the spotlight mm-hmm. he had to get I even heard that he was getting $100 an hour Wow every time that you had like they had a meet-and-greet early in the day you had four to six employees that were just around the building to like help you get a table. Uh, they were getting $15 an hour during a four-hour session just during the day. And, of course, that added up over time. I think there was even discussion if you got a table, it was like another $100. like
1: Per table? To And then everyone had a table? Yeah. Everyone on this show?
0: I heard there's a little nitpicky stuff to that.
1: So it was like $3,000 in tables? Yeah, <laughs> so there's
0: like little nitpicky stuff like that. And because it was in the contract, they're just adding things up and adding things up. Also, too, the, the building, I think at this time, for this show in particular, they took 10% off of every ticket. Now, he, he rebooked the building in the future, and they, they adjusted it and said it was only going they were, they were going to waive that, which was a considerable amount of money that they were going to keep. But the thing is, they, they're still charging for all these things, but they're still going to take a considerable amount of money, which is the way I understand it from Tony's interview. Also, too, uh, it, it must be noted, though, that there was a Clemson versus a South Carolina football game going on this weekend. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so he had that 45 miles down the road. And a typical rule that t- that Tony said, and I totally agree with from my 13 years of experience, is that your walk-up will double or even triple your, your rate of, how, of your show and your attendance. Mm-hmm. Tony's advance for this show, he had an advance gate money of $28,000. Jesus. in a thousand people and he only got a walk-up of 200 people.
1: Oh, wow. It's
0: because because it,
1: does he blame it on the game?
0: He blames it on the game, yes, but he knew that there was a considerable amount of concern that mm-hmm. way, but at the same time, too... So, really, if you had a $20,000 budget, it comes and you take that off and there, there's $8,000 left, but then the building drops a $9,000 bill on you. Yeah. He's now short... Yeah. But then the big problem is, too, the building did not give him cash that night. They just wrote him out a check for his gate. Oh, in the red. So now... A lot of
1: of promoters will take door money to pay out people. Right.
0: But he had now no money to pay anybody. No
1: cash on hand. And the thing is, it's a
0: Saturday. He's not going to be at the bank until then. So a lot right. of these guys now have to take checks. And
1: they're going to go first thing Monday to cash these checks. Probably before he gets to the bank to deposit the check yeah. for that then to yeah. clear of
0: that size. Oh, so wow. that created a lot of pandemonium, especially with these, a, lot, a lot of these wrestlers and stuff like that. Right. And that's how a house of like 1,500... Does doesn't pe- mean shit? De- yeah. Basically... Oh, that's, it, that's... It, 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 like Because I remember being in the, in the upper deck and mm-hmm. that... Michael coming up to me, explaining to see all this he's going to lose money on this show. What? How? <laughs> how is that possible? Well, that is exactly how. It's a weird set of circumstances that it was just a perfect storm of things happening. If he just booked it a little bit less or, or whatever. But apparently at that night there were only two people that didn't receive their money that were later paid and were taken care of. From what I understand, from Tony's side of it, from what I've got from this interview that we released on High Spots, which is available on the DVD set, uh, you know, Rise and Fall of Carolina Championship Wrestling. Which are we getting sponsored all of a sudden? Yeah, are we put hot spots
1: over way too much.
0: Which you know, which like I said, was a big concern and stuff like that. But like that's the thing, and I feel like this show really popped the bubble for legend shows. Mm-hmm. They were going really hot and heavy. 2003, 2004, there was that nostalgia kick. We had all the WWE classic figures, so people were buying those, getting those signs. We had all like the DVDs coming out the Ric Flair DVDs, the Road Warrior DVDs. I remember us having to shut down the office just to fill the orders for the Road Warrior DVD. Like, it was like, okay, we got the regular orders done. Okay, no more orders are going out today because we have to spend the next six to eight hours. And, and we, that's when Michael would like even cater food for us to come in. Mm-hmm. And that was just so we could get all these orders out. And that's the type of, you know, business that this classic footage and nostalgia kick was doing. And like for DVDs in 2005, like even still, like it was just ridiculous how much people had this nostalgia kick for wrestling. And that's what these legend shows were. But I feel like after this show and all the negative things that were said online, they really didn't have a whole lot of truth to it and didn't know the full story of it. Mm-hmm what happened. Now granted there's probably some smaller things. There was probably some hotel things. There was probably some local things and some radio things that I don't know if ever got cleared up. But like you can see how the circumstances how this all happens. From my math to to the math that Tony explaining from the information that I'm seeing here, I could see how this could happen. But like I'm talking I'm only seeing a deficit of twelve hundred dollars, really at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So which from what I know uh, Tony was able to call in a few favors and take care of most of those. I don't know if there's still some outstanding even <laughs> today, but the fact that Tony's still alive and still in wrestling probably <laughs> conveys the fact that he's you know doing okay. But
1: I love Tony Hunter; he's a great guy. Yeah, great guy, <laughs> and really
0: has helped big time wrestling and no, brought the, of And I think because of him dealing with everything he dealt with on this show, was able to get big time wrestling in there, mm-hmm. and big time does about two thousand people every, every, time. Time. every time, every 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 time. And, and and at the same time too, not overbooked. No, they've got four names on there, and they're going to put something like. He's Zander. got his.
1: He's got his Massachusetts buddies that yeah. he brings down. Or uh, yeah, they're Boston. Yeah, uh, Boston buddies that he brings down. His own guys who are fabulous people, and then
0: the Dan high Miles, spot guys. Yeah, yeah, it'll
1: be our yeah. Danny Miles, uh, Ted Goods, Flex Armstrong, take, yeah. give or take. Um, Bam Shaw, Bam Shaw for sure. Yeah, uh, just, and then he'll use. Me, uh, because I'm the only one that's licensed in South uh, Carolina. Or, from or, or one of the bravados. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Local yeah.
0: guys, and then also too, just a couple of you know lower level guys, and it's a couple of WB guys, and that's it. Yeah, we're not doing like mass superstar versus barbarian. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? where you know that's gonna cost you, maybe you a have. couple thousand when you add up Jimmy Hart's.
1: You have the money guy versus a very little money guy.
0: Yeah. And that's how, how you do it and how you stack your undercard where this was just full of just name, 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 everybody. name, name.
1: Tater Kirby was the only person that wasn't a name on this show.
0: Exactly. And the thing is, too, is like uh, the, the matches will be different and be better because you get a young guy that's going to bump for right. somebody that's got a few more miles on the road. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then you won't have these stagnant things through like, oh, it's just dragging on. Mm-hmm. It's dragging. And also, too, you're not booking 10 matches. Mm-hmm. You're booking 6 matches. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, you yeah.
1: want, and, and he as a person, Steve, that runs it, wants that shit to end early. Mm -hmm. He wants to spend more time pre-show and intermission so he can sell more More sting uh, ticket prices and more Flair stuff and more Cody Rhodes stuff. The wrestling part is actually in the way of what he's trying to do. Exactly, and he well, treats it as such, and we all agree with that. And mm-hmm. you know, it makes well, more sense with him.
0: Where, where CCW it was reversed a little bit, mm-hmm. but at the same time too is like the people really wanted to see Rock and Roll Express versus Midnight mm-hmm. one more time. Tully Blanchard versus Dusty Rhodes one more time. You know, what I'm saying like we're never going to see that again. Mm-hmm. You know, because the passing of Dusty. Like we we should, you know, happy that that happened. But there was so much emphasis on the wrestling part and not not enough on the 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 money-generating part of it and stuff like that. And I think that's where things have shifted for larger shows like this. You know, this has been a cautionary tale of what can happen when you overbook a show. Mm -hmm. Also, too, Tony stopped running from May to November, so everybody and their brother hears about these big crowds and Mm -hmm. Tony being a nice guy was like, sure, I'll put you on my November show. Sure, I'll put you on my November show. And thus, that's how it ended up getting overbooked. But, like, I really feel like because of all the bad press that happened because of the show, the whole bubble popped. I remember classic figures going down. Of course, uh, YouTube was just a few maybe years or months away. So the DVD sales of like WWE stuff was going down. So all the nostalgia stuff was going down. Like This was really the beginning of the end of the nostalgia kick that happened in 2004-2005. Yeah.
2: Ironically, don't you think something like that would essentially boost say, your career as a a non-big name? A small name?
0: That that took a little bit of time.
1: Maybe now-so more, but not
2: at that point. Start the series of events that's going to lead to more of an independent... I I,
0: I totally agree that that's kind of what's happened now. Uh Because a lot of things have happened. You had a lot of those guys that were on these shows, and they're going, see see how many people I drew here? And then, Uh of course, if I go out like a Kirby Mac or like a Brad Thomas and do all these big elaborate spots... I'm going to come back and they're going to yell at me for mm-hmm. doing a whole bunch of stuff that they can't do. Yeah. Right. And for they're, and they're,
1: overshining or out, uh, shadowing it, these guys. It's like
0: sometimes a headliner will, tell, will, will take around a bad Opener, middle yeah. so he looks good. Right. And that's basically kind of what was going on, especially in this area for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, those guys were b- booked on these shows and also two promoters were like, no, I want to book also Rock and Roll of Midnight 2. Screw the new guys. I don't care about you. Right. And that's a, the... You know, that's one of the problems with the, these CCW shows. You could have got some younger talent and could have mm-hmm. got them over. Which and, would
1: have brought in a younger clientele. which would have sold out your building a little bit more, mm-hmm. which would bring, the next time you come to this town, more people that saw that kid that bridged the gap between these two sections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would get that as well.
0: Exactly, and it would have been more cost effective as mm-hmm. well. Definitely yeah.
1: more cost effective, which is hugely important. It's
0: hugely important, especially this is a prime example of that. But this was kind of something that happened, and it took a very long time for us to get out of that for mm-hmm. a while. Where I feel like that's where it, some of the more successful shows are run now with younger talent, uh-huh. especially ones that make money. You know, for PwX the most being a PwX being one of prime them. example. Prime example, of course, the Carino show out on the mm-hmm. coast, you know, CWF Yeah, all kinds of promotions now have that model, and you just bring one or two of those guys in. And then, of course, when a big time wrestling or a Northeast wrestling comes to North Carolina, I'll take out some of those guys and put them on my undercard.
1: But I think we're also at a time in wrestling where, and I've said this for a couple of years, that I've tried to get people to, to realize, promoters mainly, uh, wrestling these days, good wrestling draws fans. Yeah. Names no longer. Uh, To an extent, draw the the fans. I think it's good wrestling with a good reputation as withdrawals fans.
0: Absolutely, I totally agree. And that's that's the thing too. Is like this was still in the mindset of like name 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 name. name. And even too, WWE has changed their model as well. They're not advertising John Cena, Randy Mm -hmm. Orton, Seth Rollins. They're just advertising the WWE, right? And you get what you get. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they're gonna bring guys. that are gonna bring it, Mm -hmm. but they just advertising the name because. It was always, you advertise the name, you advertised the Hogan, Brun, Hogan, Hogan, Brunner, San Martino. It was always the guys, but that gives the guys so much power Yeah. Then, as opposed to the promotion.
1: Now it's the idea that no one person is bigger than the company. Yeah. And that's where we find ourselves now.
0: Yeah, That's much more democratic, and that's where we find ourselves, and that's where we find ourselves kind of at the end. We've learned a, a valuable lesson mm-hmm. of what, what happens.
1: What this may have lacked in bad wrestling, we have made up for and knowledge.
0: Yeah, like I feel like there's a lot of lessons from that. that's kind of what I wanted to get the, this, this on the podcast is that it's it's a lesson, it's mm-hmm. a cautionary tale, it's it's a, it's a pivotal point I feel like in the Carolinas wrestling and mm-hmm. a lot of really funny stories about it. You know, I mean, it's,
1: it's also in wrestling in general. I mean, it's a small analogy for the rest of it. Like this is a small example for how it probably happened in a lot of places. There's probably a an up north CCW and a a mid uh, Midwest CCW and a. West Coast CCW that's had this exact same followings and, and timelines.
0: Mm-hmm. And like I said, Antonio Hunter disappeared for a considerable amount of time yeah. because of the show. And now he's back. He's helping promote stuff and doing very well with doing it. Doing very well with it. So, um, And he's just booking one talent at a time. <laughs> just basically just
1: hanging out with Sting. Yeah. And doing real well with just hanging out with just, Sting.
0: Just, just booking real world animal. Yeah. Like, I just got animal. I got that's him with the show. This is what I'm going to focus on. So. Okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Anyways, before we get out of here, is there anything more you want to say, Seth? Or if you want to promote anything you got coming up. By all means. By all well, means. Uh, put
2: yourself over. Tonight I'll be doing 10 minutes opening for uh, uh, Jason. Of Oh, that's Oh, that, this isn't airing tonight. This, this yeah, will be coming. This is not out. live. <laughs> yeah,
1: this
0: is not live. This okay. is not live. <laughs> well,
1: uh, what am I doing? So, this when will be Google the weekend. Uh, this will be the uh, week of the 11th, starts a Sunday, to the 17th which is the Saturday, correct?
0: Uh, I believe it is... because uh, We just released from last week. Last
1: week, yes. Yeah, so, yes, yeah, so this will be the... This week here.
0: Got
1: it. Ah, well, um, that's the 16th, 17th, 15th.
2: There's definitely uh, a good local show you guys should check out, The Roast of Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton yes. at Petra's, Petra. which I believe... That
0: would be going on tonight, yes. Yes, yes. I guess yes. This comes out, yes. Oh, okay. In the past, go to the YouTube. To this tonight. yes.
2: Uh which Jake you're also on that show, are right? you? Yes, yeah. I'll be
0: playing the part of Teddy Roosevelt, so make sure you show up for that and see how I look with hair. Holy <laughs>
1: shit, you look like Teddy Roosevelt.
0: You're damn right I do. <laughs> but now for people that can't
1: time travel, do you have anything for uh fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth of fifteenth, sixteenth, 17th? This is this um, is where we're gonna come out on this day.
2: All I can say is you should definitely go to the fifteenth.
1: Okay. I'm not. I have no idea. I, the can, information no, I can't of the say. 15th. I can't say why you should go to the fifteenth. But at this point, you can because it will be the fifteenth.
2: I can't say okay. why you should go out because it'll spoil. Where the, is it then? The, the show at Petra's. Petra's. Okay.
0: Petrus. In uh, Plasmidwood. Okay. Well, that's been pulling teeth. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Zane? <laughs> uh,
1: on the sixteenth, you can find me in Gibsonville, North Carolina, at Queens of Combat, uh-huh. where my alter ego. Dastardly handsome Zane Riley leads his voluptuous vixens to victory. uh, The 17th, uh, also in Gastonia, North Carolina, you can find me at Queens of Combat at a 2pm,
0: 3pm show, a daytime show, uh, followed right
1: by a PWX
0: presentation. I want to set to 4pm.
1: Okay, 4pm for Queens of Combat.
0: 3 o'clock for Doors.
1: 3 o'clock for Doors. Uh, which will, by one ticket, get you to both shows for PWX's Redemption. Mm-hmm. Headlined by uh, Eli Evans and Ethan Case in a no-holds-barred street fight, last man standing, not a dog-collar match, but a match of death. Match of death. And then that <laughs> Sunday, uh, New Revolution, Lucha Libre, in Greensboro, North Carolina. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, also that Sunday, uh, September... 18th is Freight Train Show so anybody
1: shit never mind I'll be at Freight Train Show on that (laughs) date I've got to change my calendar (laughs)
0: Is Freight Train Show in Albemarle, North Carolina. It is a six p.m. bell time. It'll be at the EE e. Waddell Rec Center on mm-hmm. Wall Street in Albemarle, North Carolina, starting at six p.m. I, uh, of course, will be at Queens of Combat and PWX, and of course, the roast of Hillary and Donald Trump on the fifteenth. That is tonight. So make sure you show up for that. But for more information about this show and. If we forgot anything, if you want to complain, or if you're David Crockett and you want to <laughs> fuck off, go right ahead at ManscoutManning on Twitter, or at ManscoutManning on Instagram, or you can email me, David, at <laughs> Jake at SSLshow.com. Make sure you log on to the website. Website? Website? website. <laughs> Who even knows anymore? <laughs> Who even knows anymore? I, you know, I'm drinking that Diet Pepsi <laughs> <here> right now. <laughs> <laughs> got, the in in it, got the caffeine in it, man? got caffeine in it? But uh, make sure you check out the website, howdidthisgetbooked.com. Also subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. Also subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com backslash Manning. Also follow on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com backslash... Man Scout Manning. Anyways, this has been another edition of How Did This Get Booked. Woo!
1: Yeah. This has
2: been a DSCT.TV production.